pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. It is January 1st, so Happy New Year to you, wherever you're at. Boy, 2022 was a, just a year to remember, huh? I know I'm not going to forget it. It's the strangest year ever. Just really strange. And, yeah, just crazy. It's like the, the madness of 2020 just kept on going through 2021. And then in 2022, people just started trying to get back to real life and realized that that was never going to happen. And we just now live in this bizarro land. And it's okay. I'm excited to bring you the episode today, so we're not going to lollygag much here in the intro. Just news and current events. I'll give you a little bit of quick information, and then we'll get right to the interview. Okay, so from the Seattle Times, invasive European green crabs found for sale at Seattle Market. Not good. As you know, if you're from the area, we have a little bit of a green crab problem out there on Willapa Bay. This article was published December 30th, 2022, so just a few hours ago, and it was written by Monica Velez. Officials have confiscated and destroyed 30 pounds of an invasive species of crab found at a Seattle market. The Seattle seller had bought the live green crabs from a seller in Massachusetts with the intention of selling them for crab stock and soup, according to the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. Sale of the crabs, known as European green crabs, is prohibited in Washington because the crabs are considered an invasive species. Officials said the Seattle seller, whom they didn't name, was cooperative and didn't seem to realize that the crabs were European green crabs. The European green crabs are not currently found in Central or South Puget Sound, and officials say that they should not be introduced anywhere in the state. The species poses a threat to native shellfish, eelgrass, and habitats that are critical for salmon. Invasive species sold for food or fishing bait are sometimes released, intentionally or unintentionally, and are known to be among the causes of their spread in other states and regions, officials said. In January, Governor Jay Inslee issued an emergency proclamation that directed the state's Fish and Wildlife Department to prevent the crabs from establishing themselves in the state permanently. There was a major population growth in the Lummi Nation's Sea Pond, Macaw Bay, Grace Harbor, and Willapa Bay. About $8.5 million was set aside to address the emergency earlier this year. A European green crab was captured in Hood Canal in May, the farthest south species that has been found in the Salish Sea. And as of June, more than 64,000 European green crabs have been removed from the state this year. European green crabs have been in coastal estuaries of Willapa Bay and Grace Harbor for more than a decade. They have also been found near Vancouver Island and off the coast of Oregon. In 2016, they were first discovered in Washington's inland waters. Yeah, so I've talked about green crabs on here before, actually last episode, because Ed Darcher, who was our guest last week, shout out Ed Darcher, friend of the show, he is the green crab guy uh, in Willapa Bay. And he's the one who pretty much got the program running here and brought the attention of the Fish and Wildlife Department to the problem and got the funding and all that. So we talked about that a little bit. And yeah, green crab, they're a major problem. You can't really eat them. I mean, people do, but you have to, if you're going to do them like a blue crab the way they do soft shell, you got to catch them right after they molt. And you have like a 24-hour window. So if you don't have them with you, you're not going to catch them in that 24 hours. Because you can't predict it. You don't know when it's going to be. 
So it's uh, only really viable if you're gonna farm them, which is definitely bad because we don't want more of them. So I think eating them, it's cool if you can do it, but I don't think it's gonna be a very useful solution because it's gonna, in the long run, it's gonna incentivize people to want more crab, especially if they start creating a market for them. So I think the most important thing is just to trap and get rid of as many of them as possible and hope for the best. In other local news, another article from the Seattle Times, what motivated the Pacific Northwest's substation attacks? Published today at 6 a.m. This one's by Hal Burnton and Sidney Brownstone. Shortly after 5 a.m. on Christmas Day, Catherine Hankel and her family were rousted by an unfamiliar quiet, a signal that something was wrong. A big screen television in their living room, normally on throughout the night, was cut off. So was the refrigerator and the oxygen concentrator that helps her mother-in-law to breathe. The next lot over, a Puget Sound Energy electrical substation was dark. The constant hum of power had ceased. There was nothing, no movement, no people, Hankel recalled. The substation near Spanaway was one of four tucked into forested neighborhoods in East Pierce County, struck by sabotage on Sunday which left more than 30,000 customers at least briefly without power, according to new information from Puget Sound Energy and Tacoma Power. These attacks followed six others in November, four in Washington and two in Oregon, that have once again stoked concerns about the security of the region's grid, as local law enforcement officials and the FBI try to determine who's responsible and the motives behind the destruction. All of the Pierce County attacks came under the cover of darkness, within an area stretching about 14 miles driving distance from north to south. The first was on a PSE substation at about 2.40 a.m. and shut off power to 7,689 customers for two and a half hours, with most regaining electricity by the next morning. The last attack, which sparked a fire, targeted another PSE substation that was near Kaposin about 7.20 p.m as power company officials already had swarmed into Pierce County that knocked out power to 15,000 customers, with most restored in about an hour. But 500 had to wait 16 hours, according to PSE. Sergeant Darren Moss, a spokesperson for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, says Sunday incidents could be the work of one person or of a group. We can't confirm that, but obviously we're going to look into it that way. Four of them in one day, on Christmas Day, that screams I want to make a point. What point do they want to make? I don't know, he said. These are the latest in a string of attacks on the grid during the past decade that have highlighted the vulnerability of the US power grid. One unresolved 2013 rifle attack on a substation in Metcalf, California, marked a turning point for the US electrical power sector, prompting utilities to reevaluate their security. It also led to a new national standard that called for increased protections according to the 2018 Congressional Research Service report. That report said, security remains a work in progress. In recent years, several federal cases have highlighted the continued attraction of the grid to extremists. In 2019, Stephen Plato McRae was sentenced to eight years in prison after admitting to shooting a Utah substation in 2016. He also admitted to earlier attacks in Utah and Nevada. McRae engaged in this conduct in an effort to target producers of fossil fuel to bring attention to global climate change according to a 2021 federal court decision denying a request for sentence reduction. I'm skipping forward a little bit. Wow, this is a long article, damn. So far, law enforcement officials have not released details on how the Christmas Day attacks in Pierce County may have been carried out, descriptions of the damage, or their cost to repair. 
Tacoma Power, in a written statement, said as federal authorities have issued warnings and alerts, we have evolved and increased our security measures and will continue to do so. PSE, in a written statement, said that the California incident highlighted the importance of security and that it continues to invest an extensive amount of monitoring and protection measures. All right, that seems like we get the gist of it. Somebody attacked our power grid on Christmas. What a dick. But it does bring about a good point. We need to think about vulnerabilities like that because what happens when there's no Wi-Fi and everything's digital? What happens when there's no internet, period? What happens when there's no electricity? We can't use hot water. What happens when there's a massive blizzard and thousands of people are without power? People start to die. So this stuff is important. It's good that they're thinking about it. Moving on. If you'd like to reach out to Ramble by the River on social media, you can find us at Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter. You can also find a lot of good stuff like the most recent episode and links to our entire catalog at RambleByTheRiver.com. My guest today is the lovely Brooke Nesbitt. Brooke is married to my brother and she is the mother of my niece and nephew. So she stopped by and we had a good chat about parenting and healing and personal growth and all kinds of stuff. It was a very good conversation and I hope you enjoy it. But before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Ramble by the River is brought to you by Ford Electric, 360-642-2137. Serving Southwest Washington since 1944, Ford Electric is the local standard for quality electrical work and outstanding customer service. But don't just take my word for it. Richard H. went to Yelp to say that the Ford Electric team were prompt, careful, explained things well, left clear instructions, and were generally cheerful. They actively planned to minimize any inconvenience to me, and they worked hard to make the new outlets work well and look good. Alan P. said, In less than an hour, Ford came in and repaired the broken thermostat on my baseboard heater, and then upgraded three of my old fluorescent lights with cool new LED disc lights. Thank you for another great service call. You guys rock! Jessica M. had this to say, Very nice staff. You can tell this place is family-owned in a good way. And that's really cool. Everyone I worked with seemed to really care about the level of service that they provided. Very helpful in figuring out what I really needed, since electrical work is not my area of expertise, and making sure I understood what was going on. We'll definitely use them again. Five stars. Five star review after five star review. All of them saying how wonderful it is to work with Ford Electric. Whether you're in need of someone to wire your new construction project, or you need someone to call when the lights go out, go with Ford Electric. Call 360-642-2137 to schedule your electrical service today. I can tell you from personal experience, I know the guys who work for this company, I know the guys who own this company, and they are top of the line, cream of the crop, human beings. If you call them and schedule something, you're gonna get the best service available, and that's just a given. So don't make the mistake of going with somebody else. Call Ford Electric today for your electrical service in Southwest Washington. One more time, that's 360-642-2137 for Ford Electric. Thank you, Ford Electric, for helping us out. In addition to that, Ramble by the River is made possible by the generous contributions of our listeners. There is a service called Patreon, patreon.com. And if you go to patreon.com slash ramble by the river, you will find... Ramble by the Rivers premium offerings. 
This is where you can find bonus episodes, early releases, merch, and access to a community of listeners, people just like you. If you're a fan of the regular show, the free episodes, and you catch them on a regular basis, you're going to like this membership. It's not expensive. It's $3.99. The uh, the premium tier is $9.99, and that one comes with a free t-shirt, and it's a nice shirt. It's a good deal, and it's a place where you can actually take part in this whole program by supporting the show, helping me to make it by just throwing a couple bucks in a bucket. I really appreciate it. It makes it possible for me to do things like add music that I actually pay for licensing to use. And I use good software. I have good equipment and I'm trying to make a really good quality show. So all of you free listeners out there, you should thank the Patreon listeners because they are the ones who make this possible. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. I love you freeloaders as well. Oh yeah. And I can't forget a special shout out to Amber, the newest member of our Patreon family. Thanks for joining the Ram fam, Amber. Also, on a related note, um, Cooper, I see that you have deleted your membership, and I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you being here, and uh, thank you for all the wonderful times we had together, and you are now dead to me. To become a member, and just go to ramblebytheriver.com, click subscribe at the top of the page, and it'll bring you right to the landing page on Patreon, where you can select a subscription level and start listening today. If you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like it, share it, do something to make it happen that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. Moving on. Without further ado, please give it up for the lovely and thoughtful Brooke Nesbitt. Part of my uh, birth plan when Amelia was born, like, you know how you design a birth plan where uh, middle-class white people, I think I saved it. And I'm going to get your mic set up. Wow, this is like, um, I'm listening to you in my car. <laughs> what should I be looking for? Okay, so the waveform coming through, see how as it gets louder, it'll pop up bigger. Mm -hmm. Those are still really good. Anywhere in the range between the middle line and then on yours will be on the top. So Oh, okay. Right, right. right. Why don't you tell me about your morning so far so well I can get you so I can get you dialed in. Oh my morning. God, what did we do today? Or really yeah. anything. Tell me a story. Oh. Recite a poem. Okay. I just need to hear you talk and about sure. the same distance you will. Okay. Well, we got a Christmas tree today. Oh good. And I'm so bad at on the spot stuff. Can I just Everybody ramble is. like this? Yeah, that's it just needs to be noise. It just needs to be sound. Um, oh, birth plan. Yeah. Okay, so Okay, yeah. This is the birth plan and now this is almost five years it is five years old. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. crazy. By the way, happy birthday to Nash. Yeah. Big the big one. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh very simple. Basically got a cake at the co-op, Papa Murphy's pizza. Ah, I love Papa Murphy's. I mean, two pizzas for 19 bucks. It wasn't bad. Can't beat it. And then got a few presents and wham, bam. Did I think one <clears throat> one is just such a, I mean, I'm just really glad that we all made it. 
Yeah. Not a lot. That first year is pretty hit, pretty uh, touch and go. It is pretty touch and go. So I'm proud of Jacob and I. I'm proud Me of too. Jed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's I'm really so stepped proud of Jed. up. And she, having HG the first, I don't know. I mean, basically. What does that third stand for and fourth again? HG? Hypermesis gravity. Hypermesis gravidorum. Is DM. that DM? Well, honestly, every doctor has said it differently. Oh. Every midwife has said it differently. Every nurse has said it differently. So. That tells me that people aren't talking about it that they, much. No. There's not a lot of conferences going on for HG. There's, no, there's not a lot of money behind it. All the money is pretty much raised by people who have suffered HG. Mm. And Well, that sucks. They're probably kind of tired of thinking about it. It's, yeah. It's funny because when I reached out to you, to, I wanted to come on here and talk about it. To raise awareness, and I thought your platform would be great. Um, I was, th- I think I was still pregnant with Nash. I think so. And well, I was wow, Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been over a year and I was very like we have to talk about this shit. And now, you know, a year later, I'm much I'm much less emotional about it. Uh-huh. So I feel like I can actually talk about it without losing my shit. Yeah. And crying about it. But um but yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh yeah, we were just talking plan. about birth. Giving birth. It's a, the whole ordeal of that. But yeah, I pulled up the birth plan from when Amelia was born. Uh, leave baby connected as long as possible. I, I actually did my research and like tried to make this legit. You and Jacob. That is, I, you boys. I uh, you drain boys. the umbilical cord yeah. blood into the baby, toward the baby. That was important to me. Okay. Uh, epidural, Check. yes, please. Music, yes. <laughs> Grandma Tori will sing and uh, yeah. play the tambourine for the enjoyment of all guests. <laughs> Gosh, um, aromatherapy, it. yes. Uh, continuous monitoring, yes. IV fluids, yes. If things start to get a little tense, bring Tori back in for round two yeah, of, yep. of the tambourine. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. So did Grandma Tori do that? No. She, well, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, it didn't end up working out. We didn't end up requiring the tambourine. Right. But I think she would have been, been great. A solid choice, yeah. yeah. Melissa would have loved it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's who I really was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not about me. It wasn't about me that day. It was about her. Mm-hmm. So you know, I try to put her first in all things. I try to put my, uh, you know, I try to think about Jacob in that moment when I gave birth twice. The first time was much different than the second time. Both good. But um, it's like, how would it how would it feel to watch the person that you love the most, <laughs> like, break in half? That would be so traumatic. Um, it's awesome, though. It, yeah, it is, it's a miracle. You it, know? Is, it is hard to watch, but um, I don't know. I think just in the same way that the female body knows what to do, right? the male psyche knows how to just watch and not really fuck it up, you know, right. support where needed. Don't say too much. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't, yeah, don't make it about me. Right. Um, it's, it's one of the few situations where the, the man is... There's no ambiguous situation there. There's no ambiguity about the role and where masculinity fits. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to, it's not a situation like, do I open the door for her or do I not? It's just like, you know what to do. You shut the fuck up, do what you're told. (laughs) And you stand there and you be supportive and you don't act scared. And that's just what you do. Right. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I bet Jake was good. He, he's so good. The first time, was we had like a party i think there was about six women in my room not including nurses or doctors and um we were outside for like seven hours of the eight hours of my birth Mm -hmm. so we did the thing where 
basically during contraction you collapse and you go limp and, and just, just kind of ride it out. Oh my god! Right, and I'm like laughing in between contractions, like. I mean, my doula was amazing. She gave us all kinds of tools. Is that how you respond to extreme pain with laughing? Uh, yep. <laughs> Actually, my therapist called me out on that because our first appointment when I was telling her all about my trauma, she's like, "You laugh a lot in discomfort." That's somebody with some com- some practice in discomfort. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, that, I guess I do do that." And I don't know why. And she's like, "Oh, I know why. You just explained it for the past hour." <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but one of the times that Jacob caught me. Because I would just go limp and he'd just catch me. And he would squat down and his pants ripped. The, his entire, I everybody could see all the things. And we just all were laughing so hard. And I'm like full on, like can barely walk anymore. Like I need to push out this baby probably in the next hour. And it was this just, is for Jed or Nash? Jed. Okay. So you were huge and like a month overdue. It, it was, How late uh, were you on that one? It was, it was terrible. I was two weeks late. It was crazy. Jed. You got... It, it seemed like you were going to split right down the middle. I wanted to. <laughs> that it was terrible. so miserable. But Nash was two weeks early. Mm-mm. But we had Jetty at CMH. And that was great. There was, I, it was, it was a hospital birth, you know, and. Their jello is so bad. I, fuck the jello. I didn't have that shit. I mm. had people bring me in like watermelon and pizza that I choked on and like, because I was eating between contractions because really HG is the placenta inside of you trying to kill you. It's like a, what, what do you mean? So they don't really know why. So that's why there's no Like an medicine. organ rejection? It's like um, whatever um, chemical is in the placenta that is releasing in your body, I don't know what it is, but it's making you ill. And so your body. So it's more than just morning sickness it, times ten. Your body's it's, trying to abort your it's baby. It's a different thing. Okay. Yeah. So you can think of it as like your body's like trying to reject everything, and then once you get past the first trimester and you're and you're good, you don't have a miscarriage, then it's just the same thing for the next. I don't know. Six five, months. Six months, and it only gets worse <laughs> yeah. until about twenty six weeks, and then it kind of plateaus. So between like 13 weeks and 26 weeks, it is just this intense Sounds vomiting. So oh I, I think I counted one time and in one day I vomited like 30 times. And most of that was just stomach acid. <laughs> that sounds bad. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. No, it's I'm fucked. Like, I mean, you can laugh. Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, it's no, it's I don't terrible. Even, I, I don't even like having the flu, like have the flu for a day. Mm-hmm. I'm just... No, yeah. I'm a disaster. It, yeah. it kills me. I don't. Also, that's another thing. Another theory I have, though. Yeah. I think women are genetically superior at withstanding illness. Like in particular, nausea, nausea, nausea. Mm-hmm. God, I hate. Nausea? I hate saying that word. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. don't like the way it feels. But uh, stomach sickness. Right. Girls are better at it. I'm terrible at it. I can't handle it. Yeah. It's like just. I mean, look at any guy who's ever been kicked in the nuts. That's a stomach issue. Yeah. And it, it just will crumple you. It. Yeah, it looks painful. It's not. Compared to childbirth, I, it couldn't be. I mean... You know, there's such a debate about that. And it's like, why the fuck are we I, talking about it? It's they're true. They're just it two is, different things. They're very different. <laughs> very different pains. In like... Uh, well, I yeah. don't know. I've never been kicked in They're the different nuts, in but. frequency, in longevity, like right. the length of the pain. It's, right. it's not really two comparable things. Well, but. how long was Melissa in labor for with Amelia? I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, so fun. 
Um, honestly, fun? it blurs together with me because she also had kidney stones while she was pregnant. Oh, I remember. She was eight months pregnant, I think, with a mil- or no, she wasn't that far. She was like, she was, was pretty far. I January, remember. I think, January yeah. or December. Oh no, yeah, it was on New Year's Eve. Oh That's my we gosh. spent our New Year's Eve in the emergency room. Yes. That's right, and uh, she peed out a rock the size of a pinto bean. And she's like, I have to do this again in like yeah. two months. It, honestly, it made the birth seem like it was like, eh, not a big deal. No way. Yeah, well, the baby's a lot more slippery. Rocks are just like right. friction. I've never had a kidney stone, but. Oh, me neither. I don't plan on it. Yeah. I stay very hydrated. How, how are you about hydration? Really shitty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you I, actually, I would have guessed that. You strike me as a person who doesn't drink enough water. <laughs> no, I don't at all. I, yeah. It's like, well, food and water is hard for me because it's very traumatic in a lot of ways. Have and you struggled with eating stuff? Like, since like, uh, forever? No, not forever. No. I've, I'm just a skinny person. Mm-hmm. It runs in my family. What do you mean then? Like, throwing up for nine months straight. Oh, also from it is a very psychological battle with eating, and you're traumatized. I, you know, after Jetty especially, she can be a lot. Well, I had no idea what (laughs) she can't. Well, I had no idea what HG was, and then I didn't get diagnosed until I was about four or five months pregnant. Yeah, and then there's a psychological component that goes along with it. Everyone like "Eh, you're kind of full of shit, aren't you? Aren't you? You really sick? Are you really sick? That was so bad. Did you get a lot of that? Yeah. And then I got a lot of postpartum like, you need to eat. Uh-huh. You look you look sick. And I'm like, fuck you. I just threw up for nine months straight like, yeah, I was to sick. bring this eight pound baby mm-hmm. who was thriving into the world. Oh, she's a stud. She's oh, she's fabulous. She's, she's a prize hog. She's she really she's something. I love her. Yeah, me too. But yeah, no, but all, all uh, yeah. of our little family, the little kids we have, they're just very unique, special yeah. people. But they're all like jacked. They're, they're all like <laughs> tough kids, thickies. You know, and when they fuck with each other, it is like, I just want to step back and watch. Yeah. Especially Jetty and Abby, Abby. when they go for it. That's it's what I was like, say. oh no. Like you want to watch for a minute, but then it's like, oh fuck, we can't watch anymore. We got to step in. What's really <laughs> crazy is up. that they are very, very much like their parents and the mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in the ways like well especially abby i cannot separate abby now from my sister her mom right at that same age even though they don't look exactly the same they look pretty damn close mm-hmm. abby's like a version of tasha with glasses oh my um, gosh and not quite tasha was a little more dark complected mm-hmm. same voice same personality oh Abby has like, such a cute voice. Oh, I love it's it. So cute. She, but she's like, she's running shit. She, she is in charge. She's, she's a boss. And she yeah. knows what's going on and she's mm-hmm. one step ahead of you at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's always how Tasha was. And Jetty is very much like Jake. Mm-hmm. Like in that she's very just like in the moment, like mm-hmm. gonna just react to stuff in the moment and not, she's not conniving. She's not planning, yeah. but she's also not to be made a fool. She right. will not be had. And right. It's like, so they butt heads a lot. Well, we were, it's funny, Jacob and I were talking last night that Jed's kind of a spaz. And I'm like, well, and obviously he can bond with that. She comes from a line of spazzes. And I'm like, well, you've called me a spaz. And he's like, yeah, but like in a different way. Like we are very touchy, grabby, not like thinking through the repercussions of our actions. And you're just like loud <laughs> <laughs> and like all over the place and, you know, like attention and Jed's just much more, and Jacob, 
are much more like kind of behind the scenes, but like, hey, I'm going to break that. Yeah. And like, I don't really know why. Yeah. But like, I'm going to break it and I'm feel really bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, I mean, parenting has been very beautiful and humbling and I'm very glad I have Jacob. Watching Jake parent Jed and Nash both has been um, one of the most rewarding things of my entire life. Aww. Like, because he is really good at it. It's, he's it's, so, he's such a good dad. The way he's been able to handle the emotional part of it yeah. is, uh, it's touching, honestly. It it's, makes me feel emotional just thinking about it. Aww. Like watching him with his son is just like, oh my God, you're, you're healing the generational wounds mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that are there. Like, it's really sweet. Yeah. It makes me really happy. Um, yeah, with Jetty especially because Nash can't talk. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, really he says I love you every once in a while, but for the most part, he can't talk. Yeah, he's been saying I love you for a while <laughs> like, now. What the hell? <laughs> uh, um, you know, and the breath work that they do together, it's like, I mean, he's I just, teaching her emotional regulation that he didn't learn until he was probably an adult. And I, yeah, it's just very impressive. And postpartum with Jedediah, you know, part of it was after I had Jetty, I got like this wave of emotion about my own childhood and my dad. And it all kind of came to a head where it's like, oh, shit, like I'm going to have to start dealing with a lot of the things that I have not dealt with before. And I'm watching Jacob with Jetty as a baby. It made me really emotional thinking like why was my dad not like jacob is with jed i don't understand and i was jealous not in like a a jealous in a way of like i wish i had a dad like jacob for the jealous for the inner child not not for you now shadow yeah yeah yeah. i had that exact same feeling Hmm. um as like i've talked about it on here before so i won't get way into it but yeah, exactly like that, where I'm, I'm holding this child that I made. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I didn't do most of the work, but I helped. It was, it was half, yeah. yeah. And um, just the amount of love I feel and the amount of just like absolutely animalistic drive to protect this person at yeah. all costs, including my life, which, at, which doesn't even feel scary anymore mm-hmm. at that time. It's just mm-hmm. like happily, happily, I would just like do anything. And uh, and then that feeling that you're just describing it hits, and she's like, "What the fuck? I don't remember. I was jipped. <laughs> I don't remember ever feeling somebody feel this about me. Um, I kind of remember feeling like a bit of a, a burden and an annoyance mm-hmm. most of the time. And I I remember knowing really early on that my parents had too many kids for the amount of resources that they had. And I was just like, "Well, this is fucked. I would like to have." Either more money or less kids uh, when I'm an adult because this is not cool. Yeah. But, yeah. How did you end up resolving that? Or did you end up going to therapy? <laughs> How did you get through it? A minute. A minute, Jeff. In and out. Um, I went to therapy for it. Yeah. it's. I highly recommend it. It's good stuff. When you're ready. And, again, like I've said this on my Instagram, but only if you want to. <laughs> you know, I think therapy is probably for everybody. But if you're not ready or you're not into it or you don't think you can benefit from it, then obviously it's a waste of resources. But I didn't go postpartum with Jedediah because I was not ready. But unfortunately, I got to such a dark place mentally that 
a lot of those months with Jedediah were, I was suffering on the inside. And I'm really glad I took a lot of pictures because it, I can remember looking at the pictures that we did have a lot of happy memories. But I was so in my own head and in my own shit that, you know, looking back, if I would have just talked to somebody besides Jacob, I, it probably would have looked a little different. You didn't talk to anybody else? No. That parson of a bitch. I know. I know. That must have been so hard for both of you. It was, I mean, he was such a rock. And that is one thing that I don't have, I don't think I have any regrets in life, but I do feel very much for Jacob in those moments because I told him things that I was like, you cannot tell a soul. And it was some pretty deep, like scary shit. And he didn't know what to do, but just like listen and be there and can we get into that scary shit? Yeah, I, it was, okay, so yeah, I want to talk about fucked. intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Intrusive thoughts are a very normal part of the human experience. Yeah. And it's like the fear interacting with your subconscious and right. creating these scenarios that you watch play out mm -hmm. visually in your mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, what if I just dropped my baby off this cliff? Uh, what if I just, what if, <laughs> horrible things. I'm not yeah. going to list all these different ones, but everybody has them and when mm -hmm. kids are young they will talk about them and like so when i first came into elsa's life she used to talk about these dark visions that she would get mm -hmm. and they would scare mm -hmm. her and she would have intrusive thoughts about scary shit happening and yeah. she she's like i had a dark vision about blah 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 and she would say it and um i remember at first people being weirded out by it and, right. and I was, and I didn't feel weirded out by it. Cause I was, you know, I just came out of a psychology education. Right. I was like, yeah, it's an intrusive thought. I used yeah. to get them about stabbing myself in the face. Oh, like, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like people get really <laughs> fucked up thoughts. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, if you have feelings that are buried deep in you, mm -hmm. fear being one of the most powerful ones and they need to come out and you're not letting them out in a healthy way, they will worm their way out a different way and they, yeah. they will elbow their way out and kind of fuck with your experience of being present it gets pretty ugly yeah and it, sometimes it comes in forms of like these visual fears did you get these i you know i never had you know it was all very about me like i never had fears about like hurting jedediah which women do go through yeah um or like you know s killing their child or anything like that it was all very much like i want to kill myself or I want to jump on an airplane and Jacob could find somebody better suited, you know, or, you know, Jed could find a better mom who was not so fucked up in the head. And that's so, that's so sad. It so, <laughs> sounds so crazy That is so sad, but I know I'm not alone. Yeah, no, you're not. And there's so many women that go through that. And I think a lot of first-time moms go through something similar, maybe not to that degree, but of like that you have this brand new child Jacob had two days off with me, which is fucked. <laughs> we can talk about that later too. But like our, the, we are not set up for success in this country. Oh, you're talking with Jed, right? Not Nash? With Jed. So can you, can you talk about how that, that experience is juxtaposed to what happened with the second child? Yeah. Nash was just like a whole different experience. And so with Jedediah, he, the company that he worked for, and we didn't pass, the state didn't pass, um, FLMA? Yeah. So paid family medical leave. Yeah. And which you get three months off of your career. Um, 
paid for. I think it's up to like 90% of your pay. Um, and, and you don't have to take the time off. Hold on, hold on. I'm putting applause music in right here. I mean, just applause sounds. The crowd's going to, they're going wild. So I don't want <laughs> to get covered up. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so, so medical leave. So you get paid. Anyway, moving on. So with his job, when we had Jed, he also, it was a pretty new job. So he was a little nervous to lose it. We were so, I mean, we were paycheck to paycheck. We were making it, but it was rough. And he's asking for three months off right after getting hired. That's that's a scary thing so, to ask for. So he, so with Jedediah, he didn't. He mm -hmm. just went back to work because we needed the income. So I was- But a, that wasn't an option then, was it? It was not an option. So basically I was home and my mom lived in Florida and everybody else that was around that is in my quote unquote tribe, uh, they have jobs, they that, have lives. That term doesn't work. Yeah. Because it's, it's, not, it's not realistic. It's not a tribe. The tribe is, is there. A tribe right. is around you. Right. It's yeah. for a different culture. It's for it, a different country. <laughs> a tribe would be great. I, I mean, really. I mean, I do feel a lot more rallied around with Nash for multiple reasons. One is Jacob was able to be home. Another reason is um, I was much more willing to take the help. And you needed it way less. And I needed it way less. So, you know, with Jetty... But I also wasn't going through postpartum depression like I was with Jedediah. I was more afraid with Jedediah that I would say something and my like cover would be blown. Oh, that's such a shitty feeling. It is so, it is. Oh. Most of the people who have that feeling don't realize you have no cover. Everyone can see. We can all see. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. And really the only person who knew was Jacob, like the depths of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you didn't like, seem well, I had, Brooke. I'd had the baby blue. You didn't seem well. Thank you, Jeffrey. You didn't seem well. The difference between the amount of just like vibrate vibrational energy yeah. coming off of you now versus mm -hmm. a year after Jed was born. It's very different. It took me about about two and a half, three years to get out of the rut I was in with Jetty. And then we decided to get pregnant again. Mm hmm. Which was great. Which usually fixes everything. Oh, it fixed everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It I, was I was wondering about something. I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. I have like, I would call it a fantasy because it's not actually intentions. It's not a plan or anything, but mm -hmm. I have a fantasy where like my family and the families of the people I love, my siblings, my wife and her, uh, and her siblings and their families buy like a bunch of parcels of property and start a compound we might have to get there it really quickly becomes a cult uh when you do okay. that so i'm just like i'm just, <laughs> just saying took a turn yeah no it okay. always does it okay. always does mm -hmm. and um there it, a lot of these cults they start as these egalitarian societies for yeah. for shared resources right. and all that stuff and right it seems really great i'm i'm starting to think that maybe the a cult is not off the table uh is sure. all i'm saying it's not off the table sure yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't brand anybody. Where would we go? Idaho? It would have to be like Idaho, yeah. Northern, Northern Idaho. Right. Priest Lake, let's go. Yeah, let's go out to out, off of Peninsula Road. Yeah, perfect. Did, Dave and Bonnie sold their place, but. Did they? Mm -hmm. I saw Dave's uh, employee, I forget his name, the guy with crazy hair and a crazy beard. Jake mm -hmm. knows his name. Mm -hmm. He's probably saying it right now. Mm -hmm. But um, I saw him at the weed conference a month ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, he still had a Lakeland Restoration shirt on. Dave oh, sold the shit. business too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's, he must work yeah. for somebody else now. 
Yeah. Yep. Good people. Yeah. But yeah. I'd love, I'd love to move there and build a compound and do all the things. It would be a lot of work. It's ba- it, it, it would be a ton of work. It would be a very big change in everybody. I mean, it always sounds good. And then you th- really think about like, what would it take to survive off the land? Yeah. A fucking lot. A lot. A lot. Well, that's the thing is like the other option is feed our kids poison. Live in a society that Check. that's constantly just <laughs> pelting us with different types of radiation and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, I don't like the way that our world is going. No, I'm finding out it's really scary. It's very scary. <laughs> it's really scary. And I'm not the type of person to like, like with the whole COVID vaccine thing, we don't even have to get into it if you don't want to. But it's so politicized that it's hard to talk about. But I just, yeah. I'm really a person who just likes to investigate shit and think yeah. about stuff. And I, I, I'm not a, I don't have principles about, about the COVID thing in, in the same, I, I'm not, I'm not a, it's, I have no team. I have no team. Yeah, I don't either. Like if you want to get vaccinated, that's great. Or if you did, that's great. If you don't, it's not my life. I do question why at this point, now that we yeah. know that it doesn't help. Right. And now that we know right. that more people who've died from COVID we're vaccinated than not. Right. Ain't that some shit? Mm-hmm. Um, so fuck that. I'm not I'm glad that I was shit. pregnant during that. Did you get that when you were pregnant? Absolutely not. Thank God. Absolutely not. Brooke, do you know how many fucking babies the... died? Do you know how many babies died? <laughs> I don't know how many babies died. because I, I have to show you this. Okay, pull it up. It's, uh, it's giving me goosebumps. It makes me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> I got to look that up, but... I'm not, Google's not going to tell me. <laughs> I saw yes, it. No, they won't. No. Oh, was it a documentary? Because Jacob sent me something about, and I just can't, I cannot put anything else into my brain right now. I'm like on overload. So like we can talk about it, but like immersing myself, it's just not going to do, like I understand. I get it. <laughs> I kind of think you have to do it in little bites. Yeah. I can't like, I was going to show you. Your brain won't let you take it all in at once. It's no. too scary. I, and. It's also, it's too broad. It's all consuming. Like, I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it. I haven't stopped for a long time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> yeah. stop. And it's like, I have two kids I have to take care of. Yeah. Like, I have to, like, I have a business to run. I have mouths to feed. You know, it's like, I can only take so much, but I do get it. And it's scary. I'm terrified of the possibility. Is that you or Amelia? That's me. But it Look also at that cute might, little guy. I was like, is this Amelia? I was rocking that hat too. Anyway, I actually that whole outfit. <clears throat> I remember that outfit. It's like a red and white striped uh, w- w- jumper. Uh-huh. That's cute. <laughs> that was a little red cap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looking at pictures of me as a four four year old, probably mm-hmm. or even three year old. I was a big kid. Um, I look very like Amelia. I kind of just was stretched Amelia. out. I'm like Jacob. Who is this? He's like, oh, that's Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm like, okay, not to like. We can go back to COVID, but I um, wanted to show you before. Yeah, no, sh- talking about babies is way more fun than COVID. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing good to say about COVID. I know. The people in authority aren't going to tell us the truth. I I, no. I will say that openly. We're being lied to. Right. There's a bunch of bullshit going on. Uh, I'm not going to tell the audience what exactly it is because that's up to them to find out. And honestly, I don't even know. That's the other thing. It's like we don't even know if the shit that we're reading is true. We have we have handed over our authority on information to villains, right? The people who own these pharmaceutical companies, not the people who work for them, not the people who are the doctors who are prescribing, right. and not Stephen Colbert who's pushing the vaccine. None of those people are evil. No, but the system itself is profit driven and it's fucking evil, and it has created some very damaging effects to our society, mm-hmm. and. 
I think also Noah Yuval Harari has put chips in all of us. <laughs> You're going to put applause there too, or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 we're going to throw some booze on yeah. <laughs> I used to be a major uh, fan of him. Like, I liked his books a lot, mm -hmm. even though I, they were pretty fucking boring and he's very full of himself. I liked his ideas. I, he puts, he's very smart. Mm -hmm. I watched some uh, a little assembly of clips from him speaking at public events over the last couple of years, over the probably last five years. The man is a globalist piece of shit. That's great. Uh, it's really scary. Yeah. I mean, he's given full speeches about not only the technology it would require mm -hmm. to uh, what he, the, the term he used was to hack humanity. Yeah. He explained how it would work. He explained how likely it could be accomplished. And he explained what it would take to accomplish it, which would be a global catastrophe like a pandemic. So I'm not saying that he did this shit because he's just one man. And he's just one man with a lot of very powerful friends in the World yeah. Economic Forum. He's just one man who yeah. happens to be the main advisor yeah. to Klaus Schwab. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. So who knows? So who knows? But but maybe. There was some shit in the vaccine that I don't I can't I cannot figure out what the fuck it was in there for. Why is there lithium in there? Okay. So why is there mercury in I mean, I know mercury stabilizes it or something. I don't know. There's a lot of shit in there I don't understand. Why was there graphene? Why is there graphene in the vaccine? Right. Just because it would make good rap lyrics? Not worth it. <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole vaccine. Well, and it was really shitty because it turned into a very, um, I don't know, popularity contest. and Virtue signaling. At the time, I was HR. and. Um, Ooh, that's a tricky situation. It was very tricky because I, Jacob and I were trying for Nash. And when this came out, just something in my gut was like, don't fucking do it. I mean, and I knew I was probably going to have HG. I probably already was pregnant. But then everybody I knew was getting vaccinated. And are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? And then I felt like I had to explain myself. Like, no, like, I'm trying to get pregnant. Da, da, da. Like, I had to. I don't, think I, I don't think I ever asked you. Fucked. I actually just assumed that you did. No, but I did sign you in. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. You know, like. Family I'm, members I'm so are getting vaccinated. I'm and, so glad you did. Thank and, God. Thank and, you, God. And I had a lot of friends pressure me. I bet. Like, you should do this. You should do this. Like, you know what's crazy? They're probably listening to this now and being like, those are, fucking idiots. And you probably think I'm a bitch, but. <laughs> they probably okay. do. And they probably think I'm stupid yeah, and I'm spreading misinformation all right. and all that. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. I'm just telling you to look into it. Right. Like, you don't know either. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, we all don't know. I'm not a vaccinologist. No, and it's know. like, oh, you're anti-vax. And that's like, no. I am now. I'd like. After this bullshit. I mean. I will never get another Pfizer vaccine put in my body. If it, if I can I crush it up got, and snort it, I'm not get, taking it. Did, you might. <laughs> uh, did you did you get boosted too? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Because I was going to say, I think you got the J&J. &J. I got the J&J &J originally. Which that turned out to be garbage. Yes. So, which was lucky. Wah, wah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, also, well, actually, I'll come back to that. Okay. Don't let me forget refrigeration got it the j and j the klotzen and klotzen <laughs> um i don't even think it was killing people really to the extent that the news made it sound i think it just didn't work okay. i think it was just garbage because they didn't right. reinstate it after they fixed it or figured out what was happening right um but the clotting problem was mild for me and um uh, what was i gonna say uh, a theory i have about the temperature thing so I think that initially, 
before they had ironed out the how to make it stable at room temperature, I think a lot of people in rural communities probably got garbage doses mm. because it had to be kept at a certain temperature yeah. to do anything uh, for that, like the spike protein to work and all. All like mm -hmm. it's a very complicated process. I'm not going to get into it, you know. But uh, <laughs> from what I understand, <laughs> it needed to be kept at a, at a stable temperature. Right. And yeah. uh, what are the chances that? Every once in a while, some dude in a van who had to drive four hours out to a tiny little town with 40 people, maybe he took stopped and took a nap or, you know, he took too long. I just think it happened a lot yeah. uh, because not only did a lot of these people get COVID, so the vaccines clearly didn't work, which tells me that they either none of them worked or it was just a bunk batch. Right. I don't know. But I didn't feel like... Uh, the Johnson & Johnson had a huge impact on my immune system. I didn't have a huge reaction to it. I, I got a little sick. Yeah, I heard people just got a little bit sick, but it wasn't like people's arms were blowing up and like... I didn't get shit from the Moderna. Mm. I didn't even feel it. I got it in South Bend. Mm -hmm. They didn't even have a refrigerator in the room. <laughs> I think it was just like a little sugar water. Just kept it outside. Yeah. yeah. It was just sitting in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can kill these people off. It's fine. Yeah. Do you, do you think yeah. there's any uh, credence to that that theory that that is the thing? Is it's a global elitist uh, yeah. conspiracy to, to depopulate? This is really funny because <laughs> Jacob was like, you should bring up the, um, the great um, reset. Thank you. It's so rational. <laughs> it's like, hey, look. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go there with Jeffrey, but he's like, all right, well. If I'm Klaus Schwab, yeah. <laughs> if I'm Bill Gates... Yeah, dude, kill those fucking poor people. Get them out of here. Yeah, but I don't why? want them around then stealing all my work, good oxygen. Who's going to work for you? The AI and oh, the robots. God. I don't need all these fleshy robots that just yeah. have all these opinions. Hey, your pictures looked really nice, by the way. Oh, my God, Brooke. I have been living in AI land lately. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> have you heard of ChatGPT? No. We got to check it out. Okay. Um, so I had a guest on the podcast last night. When are you going to get an assistant to like... I know. I, we really do need to. Elsa. I, I already did. Great. No, his name is ChatGPT. Okay. But I had a guest last night who was in his late 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and I showed him this stuff and he didn't think it was that cool. So we'll right. try it again with you. Okay. Because <clears throat> he was too old to appreciate it. Okay. Is what I was getting at. Okay. Because he was old. Well, if I don't like it, then I'll... Do you want me to pretend well, you might not like it. Um, it's a very conflicting thing for me, but it is a. Uh, it's gonna ruffle some feathers. Okay. Okay, so let's see. As a content wow, creator, you have it, like say okay, bookmarked. Got it. What? Let's see. What could we make? So, can you explain what? What's okay? Let's see. As in your business, what is the task that takes you? the longest like the busy work that takes you the longest is it you have to like writing social media copy is it designing a business plan what part of the what part of your business takes you the longest is it editing the pictures because if, if it's if it's that don't say it editing the photos okay we'll say something that okay. involves writing <laughs> uh, what about emailing clients that doesn't take that long well Come on, I'm pretty bro. efficient, so Not I don't need this, this chat GPT. <laughs> okay, well, well, then we'll do mine. We'll do mine. <laughs> yeah, let's focus on that. Oh, all right. What takes the longest with your uh, podcast? All right. All right, chat GPT, write me a blog post about the importance of connecting with community. Mm -hmm. Does it take you that long? 
Yes. I have autism. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, it doesn't take me that long, but it's not this quick. Do you do this for your social media? I do now. <gasps> no shit. This just came out three days ago. So it's not really you. This is just typing in in real time. This AI is writing this in front of your face. So it's fake? Yes. Oh my God. This thing has... Uh, Holy shit. This AI right now is referencing all of human history up until 2021. And this is a beta version. And you and you don't mind that this is on your computer? This is on your computer. Oh my. This is on every computer. How do what do you how do you And every phone? So did you just how did you find this? Like Google? You just um, Googled like Google's dead. Oh, I It was killed by uh it was killed by ChatGPT. Okay. Actually, uh, it I've killed never is heard too strong this. a word. This is brand new. This came out last week. Have you ever heard of uh, oh, Dolly? You're on it. Dolly too. shit. I'm, I'm fucking in the you're world. You're in it. I'm okay, very, you're I'm, in it. Yeah. Um, Even though you're scared of it? Are you yeah. doing it because you're scared of it? So you want to know I'm, about it? I would say I'm more excited than scared. Okay. The only reason I'm scared is because I understand the potential. Right. And, which is great. Right. Vast. Vast. Your world is about to change. So is yours, whoever you are. Get ready. And if you haven't seen this already, Google it. Get on YouTube and watch a couple videos because you're about to have your fucking mind blown. It's already blown people. This is this is changing. It will change everything. Okay, so you would just copy and paste. So let me read something. Yeah, let's see what this blog post is. Connecting with community is an important aspect of human life. How do you know that, chat GPT? We are social beings, and we thrive when we are surrounded by others who share our interests, values, and beliefs. When we feel connected to a community, we experience a sense of belonging and support that can provide a sense of purpose and fulfillment. That's awfully human-sounding language. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's you what the people. See, uh, that's what the people want to hear. Uh, you want to see something even crazier? Um, okay. Write me a program. Oh no! To track. So people are going to lose their jobs. In Python. Let's see if it's doing it. Oh, look at that. It is writing us a program to track expenses in Python. See what uh, I mean? Oh no, we're gonna. Ha so what's gonna happen when everybody gets laid off? The robots have won. We're fucking done. Wow. And then now it's telling me how to use it. I didn't even ask it how to use it. For example, uh -huh. this thing is incredible. This is so groundbreaking. This is the this is as groundbreaking as the internet as a whole. This makes me want to go to Idaho. This makes me want to figure out how to make some fucking money. Oh, interesting. Doesn't it you? I mean, no, this is an opportunity. This is scary to me. This is an opportunity for fucking cash. So what? Like what? Ah, that's the question, isn't it? Okay, so how it, This is so open. I mean, it's literally made by a company called OpenAI. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we'll look at Dolly 2. All right, well, ask it how to edit my photos. Oh, we'll come to Dolly 2 for that. Okay. Do you have any photos with you? Uh, No. Okay, let's see. We're, we're going to want that shit raw. I'll send it to you later. We'll watch this. 
So we are now on Dolly 2, which is another product from OpenAI. Mm -hmm. We're going to try the outpainting editor. So it opens us up to a frame with a checkerboard pattern, much like you see in Photoshop. Right. And then I'm going to select the option to upload an image. Okay. Let's see. What do we have here? Oh, my God. It's probably going to edit photos way better than I ever could. Not yet, I don't think, but it will eventually. Yeah. I can't see what these are. <laughs> Ooh, that could be interesting. Just pick one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, it's a thumbnail that I made that I didn't use. Okay. So let's say I would like to, you know, I'm just going to pick a new picture because I don't like, that's already got text and shit on it. That'll confuse the AI. Okay. Uh, what's a picture we can use? Let's see. A picture of a dog. Uh, we'll just have it make one. That's yeah, that. what are you doing? Yeah, that'll look. Yeah. This picture of avocado. A, of a, look at that chair. Yeah, it's an Would you want chair. that chair in your house? What the fuck? No, but it was just in somebody's mind. And now it's on a piece so of paper. So somebody just typed in avocado chair? Yeah. Well, let's see. What? Yeah, the prompt for that was an armchair in the shape of an avocado. The prompt for this is an expressive oil painting of a basketball player dunking depicted as an explosion of a nebula. This is oh a photo gosh. of a white fur monster standing in a purple room. Okay. You see that? That one is amazing to me because it actually type managed. In, type in the word brook. We'll see what comes up. <laughs> That's a bowl of soup that looks like a monster knitted out of wool. I like that. That really, that really describes me. I like that picture. Oh, that's exactly what I thought was going to come up. Oh, yeah. It's a picture of a babbling brook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, um, we'll go through my history <laughs> and we'll find. So these are all just a bunch of... Uh, what were you What What were you typing in? I was just uh, trying to... I basically took a picture from the AI mm -hmm. avatar app, Lenza, mm -hmm. and I wanted to add to it and make a thumbnail out of it, so I just entered it into Dolly 2, and then I started having... Give me different versions. I put different shirts on me and <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, and look, so this one, you can kind of see the progression of how right. I, I knew what I wanted to make. I wanted to have a thumbnail for the episode where there's a guy standing with his back to the camera, headphones on his head. He's looking at a burning tree in uh -huh. a snowy landscape. Uh -huh. So that's what I typed in. And it gave me four options. And then out of those four options, I picked the one I like. And then I would edit it. And then add it, make it a little more like what I liked. And you could see how it slowly changes. And sometimes it changes in directions that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I have to go back and try again. But eventually, I got to something that was pretty much exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. The guy standing there with his back of the camera and headphones watching the tree burn. And that looks exactly like what you wanted. Yeah. And eventually, we won't have to do any of this nonsense caveman bullshit poking at the keyboard with our fingers. We'll uh -huh. just think it. Oh and it will just gosh. happen. And I, that's no bullshit. That will happen no, within I, the next decade. Right, right, right. right. It, all of the component parts for that work now. Okay. We, they just have not been integrated. And you're not terrified. Like I you, am you don't mind. You like you don't mind playing with this shit. I am so glad that I get to. Okay. Imagine it. Imagine. I'm trying. I'm trying. <clears throat> if you got dropped off in the year 1500 and mm -hmm. you had a fully charged iPhone, do you think you could take over the world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you be your first move? Making a phone call. I Who would know. you call? No one I has know, a phone. I know. That. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, a, that's a lose. That's a lose move. I don't know. Oh man, checkmate. Checkmate. You got whatever. What were the disease? Black plague. Wow.
Okay. Oh yeah, and so right here I was trying to make uh, just some like digital design stuff. Jeff Hilton wanted me to make a, a logo for his company. Um, so I'm like trying to figure out a way to make barbell and see, that's what the computer thinks a barbell is. Cause it doesn't have muscles. It doesn't know how to, you know, here we got dinosaur soaps that I was trying to make for Brian Martini's episode. Um, but yeah, some of these, I mean, it can make really beautiful images. Okay, I like the mushrooms. A lot of them are trash. Like, obviously there's artifacts that don't fit, that don't make a picture. Right. So the next big thing Whoa. will be Those the are... people who can talk to the machines if you can figure out how to communicate the, the prompts to accomplish the end goal that you want to see mm -hmm. that's that's the new skill that's the new creative endeavor somebody who also has a creative eye who, who like first can have the idea and then also communicate it those are the next millionaires mm -hmm. i i don't think i don't want to say that the, the time of being able to monetize creativity is is done because right. We're still a little bit out from that, but it's definitely changed. It's not going to be the same. This is something. Yeah. Look I at this. I, okay. So like, I automatically go to doomsday. Well, yeah, that's, you're, a, that's just you're a photographer looking at AI photography. I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing we can do about it. Look, well, look uh, there's Jacob and Jetty in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny. I want to show you some at the bottom here. And um, okay. <laughs> I told it to draw a guy uh, with headphones on a podcast, uh, doing a podcast in front of a, a bridge. Mm -hmm. And it fucking drew me. Hmm. Like that is me. Mm -hmm. Is that the Astoria Bridge? Yes. <laughs> but I told I it know. to draw the Astoria Bridge. But oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if these actually look like me. Or if it's my imagination, I'm just putting that on there. But I think I looks a little chubbier, but I, I you know, I could I could put on some pounds okay. to get to that state. But um, some like uh, some of them but more than others. But like like yeah. this one, uh, not at all. This one right here looks like Jeb Sheldon with red hair. <laughs> Friend of the show. So it's like pulling from your past shows. It could be. Yeah. Uh, there's one in here that looks like Theo Vaughn. Okay. Like so, which who's like a very popular podcaster. Mm -hmm. I think I've listened to every one, Jeff. Of Theo Vaughn's podcasts? No. Oh, of mine? Of your podcast. Oh, I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, look at this scary bitch. Yeah. Right here. What were you, what did you ask? Ink blot of a beautiful but evil woman's face. Yeah, that's it. That is exactly it. She's not that beautiful, but she's definitely fucking evil. Doesn't that look alive? Yep. If that was on the wall and you saw it in the middle of the night, wouldn't, it, yeah, wouldn't you not want to look at it? Yep. Cause it's like one of those the eyes follow you, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like all pictures do that to me, though. That's so. it, that's what would happen. This, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know if the, if a computer knew what fear was, and it does. Yeah, that's scary. But like, how did they come up with the face? Um, it studied all pictures. So is that like the average eyes, the average mouth, the average nose? No, not necessarily. It's what this AI, this specific AI which means it has like a personality, what it thinks fear it is. It has a personality. Yeah. So traditional- How do you program a personality? Nobody programmed this. It programmed itself. That's the thing. That's what makes it groundbreaking. Yeah. Traditional computing was programmed. So mm -hmm. everything you see is, was a human put, was put there by a human. Mm -hmm. Like every response is pre-programmed. Everything is 
pre-programmed. Right. The way that machine learning works and neural networks and um, basically artificial intelligence algorithms, they work by learning. Mm -hmm. So instead of programming specific, like if this, then this, specific A, then B, or conditional statements or binary relationships, or however you want to look at it. Instead of programming those in, uh, you just give the computer a ton of data mm -hmm. and say like, look at all of this data, find trends, find patterns, draw conclusions from those patterns and teach yourself some shit. And this is what it does. It makes things like this. So after it's learned hmm. by reading all of, you know, the internet's photography, all the pictures on the internet, mm -hmm. this thing has up to 2021, this thing has looked at and figured out what it thinks all of them are. Hmm. And then by the, just like a fucking human does. Right. And except for when it's a human brain, it, it, that information is not all within your conscious reach. Right. You have to use things like intuition and, right. and impulse. This computer has access to all those memories at the, at, at the same time. Yeah, it's very uh, mind-blowing. It's I'm, far I'm beyond awe. human capabilities I'm by this awe. point. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it still doesn't understand. I mean, I don't know. You can have a conversation with it. This is a chat box. <laughs> so if you're real fucking lonely, you can like chit-chat. Do you ever it's like back in the day when we used to get online and... I'm asking if it feels pain. Okay. Oh, it didn't go. Oh. I said, chat AI or chat GPT, do you feel pain? As a language model trained by OpenAI, I do not have the ability to feel any emotions, including pain. I'm a machine learning algorithm designed to assist with a wide range of ta tasks, but I do not have the same experiences or capabilities as a human. Well, that's comforting. Yeah. But... <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, you idiot. <laughs> oh, I hate when people say that to me. <laughs> I actually just spent two hours yesterday writing. It's the worst email. I wrote response. that email yesterday. Oh, no. oh I actually want to read that. <laughs> read the email. I fucking loved it. I used to really take a lot of pride in um, destroying people through the written word. Oh, man. That's brutal. I don't anymore. That's brutal. I don't use my powers for evil anymore. Um, I didn't realize I was being evil then. I, I genuinely felt like the world was uh, all against me, you know, mm -hmm. not in a not in a like a self pity way, but in right. like a like a healthy competition way. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely thought that every the world was against everybody, mm -hmm. and like it's me against everyone else for everyone. I kind of thought that. So like survival mode. Yeah. 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 Um, Wait, what was I talking about? I completely lost track of my Your thought. Email. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so because of this, this fundamental perspective seemed completely reasonable for me to just say the worst possible things <laughs> to uh, vanquish my enemies, right? And just destroy them emotionally, make them really question their worth as a human being. Mm. And uh, I did it a lot. Mm -hmm. Anytime I had a conflict, I would just mm -hmm. end it quickly, and um, realized when I was probably seventeen years old actually it was exactly at that time it was uh yeah around my junior year of high school 
when I realize like, oh shit, everyone else doesn't think the same way. Some people just think I'm being ruthless for no reason mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're right. Why am I doing this? There's nothing to win here. Like all I'm doing is hurting people. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't do that anymore, but every once in a while. Except for yesterday. Well, fuck. I, don't I know. sent what some happened? shit into the paper okay. to have, uh, I'm not going to say it in a mean way because I don't, it's a professional situation. I don't want to, you know, but I sent some shit into the paper. Is this golden eye or is this yesterday? This is yesterday. Okay. And I, I send in things to the paper regularly. I have to have oh. public notices printed. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other according time. to the, yeah. the laws that I'm regulated by. Okay. And so I, every, probably every three months probably Mm -hmm. and uh for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. so i have a good relationship with the lady who takes those ads and processes them and we have a system i i send her the file she puts it in the newspaper right that's our system (laughs) okay so i sent it off when i said marlene i got another one for you Mm -hmm. please publish this in the next two consecutive issues asap Mm -hmm. i need it um please and i get a response back that says I'm your new point person on this in case you want to update your contacts. Um, it's too late for the deadline for next week, but I can get you in the following two weeks. Um, but just FYI, due to changes in our system, wow, I can't believe I can see the email in my mind. Mm-hmm. Due to changes in our system, uh, we can only accept your articles in formats that we can copy and paste from. This really bugged you. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You can't copy and paste from a Word document? <laughs> a dot .x at that? <laughs> It's the newest version of Word. <laughs> I so, paid for that shit. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote her back and I, uh, I was, it was strongly worded. Uh, kind, but strongly worded. Mm-hmm. I was very blunt about the fact that I think she was being unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because she responded to that email where I was just like, I said in a very kind way, I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Um, what's your preferred submission format? That's a very explicit question. That's point blank. I want to, I want to. Yep. Four character answer. Yeah. I want a dot PDF dot DOC. <laughs> Tell me what the fucking format is. God. I don't want to hear anything I can copy and paste from. Like, you can't copy and paste from a Word document? Actually, almost would be easier. Yeah. Oh, I told her that. Oh. I was like, you know what? Actually, you don't have to download shit. If we're going to be honest here, um, copy and paste really became the juggernaut of functionality that we know and love today. <laughs> Through its use in Microsoft Word and its predecessors like WordPerfect in 1997. Yeah, I did. Oh, God. I actually researched the the history and invention of the copy and paste function. And I put that shit in an email and I sent it to her. Did you go on the chat thing? No, actually, after I was done, I was like... why didn't you do that? No, I know. That's the thing. After I was all done, I was like, this is the first first thing I have done in the last 36 hours that didn't directly involve artificial intelligence. (laughs) And um, you just needed a break. It was a, it yeah. would have been the perfect opportunity. Let's see what they would have said. <laughs> Copy and paste and then put it in the email. Did she write back? Yeah, she wrote back. Well, because I sent you her dick. I sent her that email. <laughs> well, I even said at the end, I was like, look, I send you some shit every three months. We're going to have a working relationship yeah. indefinitely. So I hope it's a good one. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Please don't be a bitch. <laughs> I didn't really say that. I would never. But you wanted to. I don't actually call women bitches unless it's unless I'm rapping it. That's the only time mm-hmm. it's okay to me. Mm-hmm. That's just. I mean, call me old fashioned. I mean, bitches be tripping. They do be tripping, and bitches be shopping. <laughs> Oops. 
Okay, what's the question? Write a strongly worded email to a, uh, to an, what would She would have been an advertising assistant, probably. Okay, this is what we're asking. <laughs> Write a strongly worded email Ten to, an, hours later. <laughs> to an advertising assistant. I have autism. I'm trying no, to type oh as fast as well, I can. Honestly, it's way far away too. So. Okay. <laughs> Write a strongly worded email to an advertising assistant at a newspaper explaining... Ooh, I, did, I missed uh, my tens. Why it is important to clarify the, not to, the correct format for submissions of articles and advertisements for publication. Dear advertising assistant, I'm writing to express my concern about the lack of clarity regarding the format for submissions of articles and advertisements for publication in your newspaper. As a regular contributor, I have noticed it's that- It's a long ass email. Well, mine was almost exactly this long. Okay. <laughs> I okay. wonder if they're gonna go into the history of cut and copy and paste. I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. As a regular contributor, I have noticed that the guidelines for formatting submissions are often unclear or incomplete, which has led to confusion and delays in the publication process. As you're aware, the correct format for or the, as you're aware, the correct format is crucial for ensuring that articles and advertisements are easy to read and appealing to readers. This is better than what I wrote. As you are aware is also annoying. I think as you trying, are aware. I think it's trying to be. I, yeah. I said to be a strongly worded email. I use plenty of things well, like as you're aware. Well, it's hearing us right now, right? It's like, because there's Probably. a mic on your laptop. Probably is. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I hope not. I hope not. But I, no, I hope, I don't think so. Mm. I hope not. I strongly urge you. I strongly urge you to take necessary steps to correct the format submissions of articles and answers for publication. This should include clear and detailed guidelines for font size, type, and style, as well as margins, line spacing, and any other relevant formatting considerations. In addition, it is essential that these guidelines be consistently enforced to ensure that the contributions meet all required standards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, this mm -hmm. is so much more professional than what I said. I really should have used this. It would have saved me two hours. <laughs> Um, but I, hey, you know what? I fe hey, it felt whatever. good. It felt good to use my skills as a human brain. Right. And, that and Google. Barely. I oh. used Google only the tiniest bit. Okay. And it was Wikipedia. Oh. I don't trust Google for most stuff because it's mm -hmm. basically just like a giant like, billboard. Like one big ad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I have one? No, help yourself. Um, did you do that AI avatar app? Absolutely not. Do you want to? No. It's fun. I know. I mean, it you looks. You'll love it. I, ooh, it's no. really fun. <laughs> they make you hotter. Here's the candy. It's really fun. No. Okay. I, I did it to a few people without asking. Oh, no. I'm going to do it to you later and you're not okay. going to know. <laughs> That's creepy, but okay. Do it. No, I won't, but because you said not to, but. Uh, but you might. I could. You that's, could. That's the scary part. Because like who, like what, what, what? You know how I many posted pictures my I pictures need? online. I need 10 so pictures of you. So it's free for all. 10 pictures of you. To Why make, don't they just do one? Because it, it wants to see you from different angles, different expressions. It wants to. Uh, well, at least pick the good one. 
that's what I tried to do. And honestly, it didn't make any difference. No. I picked a bunch of pictures of me smiling and uh-huh. it made every single picture was me you frowning. You look like a fucking warrior. I look you like were, a sad warrior, you, though. <laughs> like defeated. So <laughs> frowny. Like some of them were like, oh, my God, get over You're it. Depressed. Dude. What are you even crying about? Uh, but it and was like yeah. half mountain man. Yeah, yeah, it really emphasized the beard uh-huh. and the close together eyes. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny! I couldn't even believe it. It really like, that's funny. Like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because well, you had to pay for it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, it's yeah. free. To, it's free to be a member. Like, you download the app; it's free. And but if you want to get the, it gives you a hundred pictures. Uh, so it's 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 worth five bucks to me. Mm-hmm. I did it for myself my wife and also my friend jeff hilton mm-hmm. and jeff hilton's turned out the best do you want to see him <laughs> sure <laughs> i'll show it to you. <laughs> we'll compare him to the pictures i took of jeff oh did you do a photography session with jeff i did uh, he, he pho- was actually one of my first sessions he photographs well he i mean yeah i got a really good one of i don't know what you call it but the chalk he puts on his hands oh yeah he power I bought lifts that. or whatever that's my chalk he took it Oh, the shout, bucket too. The bucket's to mine also. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. It was a good prop. You're welcome. Was it that clear bucket? Like one bit, yeah. <laughs> one big like clap, and then the powder went everywhere. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Who do you think you are, Jeff? Shot. LeBron James, stealing my chalk bucket. He was lifting. Good job, Jeff. I pass him every day lifting. Yeah, like he's clockwork. he works very hard. I'm you proud do. of that guy. Good job. Good job, Jeff. Back in my bag, yo. Is this you? No, I wish. Yes, it is. Back in my bag. Oh, no, okay. It's totally not me. When we was down and we nothing, we had to share a meal. We put the shit in overdrive with no stairwell. Oh, my gosh. That's not him. That's made by the computer. Wow. Has Jeff seen these? Uh, yeah. I sent them to Wow. But it's all, it's kind of fucked because it's not real. Oh, <laughs> It looks a lot like him. Scary. That one had a dick. Did you see the dick? <laughs> Why did he give him a huge dick? We're gonna pull that back up. Why does he give him a dick? That's the only one there where that happened. It's like kind of missed it, but when you said it, I was like, oh yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Look at that thing. <laughs> Why did that happen? <laughs> It goes out of the frame. Oh, it's like past his knees. I have no idea why that happened. I'll, I'll put it up on the Instagram. Okay. Next podcast. It'll get blocked, actually. They probably took that down. Next podcast, you should be rambling with Jeff's Jeff. actually bigger than that guy. Oh, absolutely. Not his dick, but... <laughs> it might, maybe. It's been a while since I've seen it, but his body's bigger than that guy. Right. What happened? I think I don't we know. blew out. I probably blew out. Oh, it's adjusting. It'll, it'll, it'll be Sorry. AI oh, it's okay. Health. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, it, 100 that, pictures. Yeah. And some of them... Oh my Oh my gosh, look at that. Oh yeah, that one I found very funny. Wow. He looks like Julius Caesar. Right. I'm sorry about your mics. Did I laugh too hard in it? Maybe. I'm sorry. Oh, mine's still working. 
Uh, I think that mic it might be wearing out. It might have been me. Absolutely, it was me because I laughed really hard. Not at your pictures, Jack. Oh, okay. Here we go. There we go. We're good. Oh, oh it was still recording you. It was. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah, we're good. It was just a feedback protection. I needed it. But yeah, so I. It looks to me like. Did he like them? Yeah. Well, he thought it was weird too. It is really weird. It is weird. It's weird. But he's like, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of Jeffs in there. It's like all these different parallel universes. So did you pair the music with that? Yeah. 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 Um, That's funny. Brian Martini texted me last night and he's like, is that you rapping? (laughs) It sounded like you in the beginning. I thought he was talking about the the episode of the podcast where I actually did rap. And I was, because I just put that out like a week ago. You're like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, well, he's, he asked me if I wrote it and rapped it, and I was like, I didn't write it. That's that's Andre Nicotina freestyle from, mm. like, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, I just memorized it 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, But, no, he's like, no, I mean, on the social media post, I was like, oh, shit, I'm flattered that you would think that. But, no, mm-hmm. that was an actual musician. Like mm-hmm. When I rap, it sounds like a dad uh, in his garage. It uh, doesn't sound like a rapper. And all my homies go from most to keys on the night of the last rap that I write. Mike Tyson gonna have his greatest fight. Knock the little trick out with the left and the right. And Stevie Wonder even gonna wreck his sight. On the night of my last rap, Africa's gonna be run by blacks. And nowhere around will there be crack. Jamaica's gonna get by Marley back. And all my tigers gonna bust their guns. And nowhere around will the police come. And check this out, I'ma kick it with Khan. Muhammad Ali be pronounced as God. Won't be one killing in the projects. Muslims all cry from Malcolm X. Hugh will finally get respect. I know I never guess On the night of the last rap that I write I'll be married with a wife She'll be the special love of my life But check this out, motherfucker, not tonight Life of a desperado Kick it like soccer, that's my motto Like a bowl in your gum, my heart stay hollow Something to like but not to follow Yo! I think you should do more rapping It's fun I think it's fun I rap all the time Record it It, I do, I do It's not worth putting out It's, um, it sounds bad <laughs> it it usually does, yeah. Oh, okay. It takes so much work to make it actually. And then Amelia sound like good. pops in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that one, that one, uh, that was easy. That one didn't take a lot of work. But yeah. the to actually make it sound like a, a real song would mm-hmm. take a lot of work. Even though I love doing it, it is fun. Yeah. Also, don't know how. Right. I, I can't make it sound good every time. Like it takes. Uh, sometimes I've I've spent like eight hours try- on a song and trying to make it good and then at the end i'm just like this is worse this is garbage this is worse now than it was four hours ago (laughs) overthinking it yeah Yeah. it's just it's easy to do with music yeah do you ever do do you ever do music i very much like to sing but it's i just don't have the courage to like do it yeah me too me too i wish i did yeah but i don't do you ever try yeah, there's been periods in my life where like I would record myself and like practice all the time singing and then now that I have kids and shit, it's like What happens when you try to sing from your heart in front of people? It, and oh, I don't think I've ever done that. Do you feel like incapable? Yeah. I feel like that about dancing. Interesting. I literally cannot do it and yeah. I want to. I'm like yeah. I I don't even feel embarrassed. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm here to dance. I'm standing in the fucking dance floor. Everyone's around me, yeah. and then I'm just like, "Come on, body, do it, do yeah. the thing." Yeah. And it doesn't do it. Like, but uh, you try that with singing. I can do it with singing. I can't do it with dancing. Dancing's like, I just don't give a shit. I just do it. I don't give a shit either. That's yeah. the thing. It's weird. I yeah. just don't. It just doesn't happen. I don't even dance yeah. by myself. I can't dance. 
It's like my body doesn't know how to yeah. do it. I, mm -hmm. I cannot release control enough. That's how I feel about screaming. That's how I feel about screaming. Oh, that's so weird that you said yeah. that. I literally watched a video five minutes before you came here mm -hmm. where it's like a therapy session where this woman is standing in front of a room of like 30 people. Mm -hmm. The therapist is like, all right, get ready. Um, I want you to scream as loud as you can. Mm -hmm. And she's like a mousy, small, like clearly um, a woman with a, a mother who's just a piece of shit. Like who never let her feel like she was her own person. Oh. I mean, I didn't see the mother, but you can just tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think this video came up in my TikTok because I, I was, I talk about this. I hate screaming. Mm -hmm. Not only do I, I, I dislike it on like a, a sensory level because it mm -hmm. hurts, it hurts, mm -hmm. like it hurts to do and it hurts to receive. But um, I hate people who scream a lot. I hate. Yeah. The act of screaming, I hate the situations that require screaming. I just hate everything about it. Yeah. And I think that comes from something deeper than I can understand. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you not you also don't like screaming? I fucking hate it. I hate being screamed at. I hate it even when somebody raises their voice at me. It What's like your it's like response? a trauma response. It's what like, is it? You a fawner, or you a fighter, or you a flyer? I am not a fighter. You a flyer. Well, mm, Jacob, I might, feel dis like you Jacob might, might disagree. Actually, you screamed at me once. So I I think that <laughs> I think that, that I've was seen a, a flash. That was very much a trauma response. That was a hard week. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that was yeah. a rough. You had all these people week. trying to control you and tell you not to do your which the thing you wanted to do was weird, granted, but it's your thing. It's your weird right. thing to do. You could do it. Right. Well, in my mind, so we're talking about my wedding. So in my mind, I was thinking the easiest thing possible. Like I literally just want to marry this man. Yeah. I already felt married to him and I wanted it to be fun and easy and then all of a sudden my best friend had to fly back to hawaii and she like planned the whole wedding and now it was my turn to like step in and plan the wedding and i just was like none of this is going right i have a one-year-old that i'm trying to micromanage in the midst of all of it and it was just like fuck like, yeah this was fucking tough also and we've already discussed it depression. yes we've already discussed it in this podcast but that period of your life was not exactly was the rough. easiest in general so i apologize oh, we no. actually never talked about that ever again i feel like we resolved it in that moment in the moment yeah we like, <laughs> i walked away I no we like, did talk about it actually did we? at your wedding um you uh, said i'm sorry to me at your wedding and I was, ah, it's nothing. We, it was like very small. We okay. didn't have a conversation about it. I'm glad I did. But you were wearing your wedding dress. And yeah. um, we hugged and that was it. And Great. Yeah, it's the end of it. Okay. But yeah, it wasn't. I might have honestly, blocked that out because it was really hard. It wasn't even that big of a deal. Um, people are known for, for getting really emotional about their weddings. Oh, yeah. And people who have a, a one-year-old in postpartum depression are also known for being a bit emotional. Also, on top of that, um, I got it. it. It was a thing that involved in-laws which is always complicated i was asking yeah. questions that you didn't want to answer and i was asking <laughs> and i was asking them aggressively yeah and so you were just like dude shut the fuck up if you don't <laughs> like it you don't have to come i, I wasn't I, I wasn't shocked really uh, i really wasn't shocked and Brooke. it's funny because i i really don't talk to anybody that like well i'm glad you were comfortable enough to talk to me. i wasn't i like <laughs> sent like a really like a shockwave you'd had enough you'd had enough. i was like i went black and then i was like i gotta walk out of this fucking room and i hate getting like that because it reminds me of my dad like losing control and not being able to like set my emotions aside and be in reality it's just like i hate that feeling and i hate screaming <laughs> it makes me feel gross 
And what like, about rage screaming? Do you in the moment does it feel kind of powerful? Yeah, it's like feels like a big release. But then the adrenaline makes me feel uh, just too much. It's like, yeah. why did I do that? Like, oh no. And you actually have the perspective. The mission. <laughs> you know what it could do to your life. It could destroy and your relationships. And, yeah. you know, even I've gotten to an argument with Jacob after a therapy session. It was like my second therapy session. So it's always really emotional because they're starting to get to know you, right? So you're kind of spewing all of the things you want to talk about. And I don't know, he was like asking simple questions and I was like, can't you see that I'm not in the mindset to like be in this moment and like answer your questions and like try to be there for somebody else right now? And then it escalated really quickly and I got so mad. I couldn't, I can't throw shit. So I just took a chair and I just sat it on its side and I walked out the door and then he kind of just looks at me like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you actually just throw it? <laughs> like, oh, he would have thrown it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I just get so mad that I can't, I've had dreams about punching somebody and my fist gets almost to their face and I wake up. Mm-hmm. I've never hit anybody besides my sister one time. And that was really scary. It was an open slap. And I popped her and then I ran. But other than that, I've never hit anybody. I've, it just makes me feel like my dad. Yeah. And it's like the one thing I don't want to be like. I mean, there's aspects of my dad that I'm thankful for, but a lot of like the aggression and all that shit, I just run far away from. Was it to mostly an unhealthy verbal? Point. Uh, with, <laughs> so, it's so much, but um, with m- my sister and I, it was verbal. Uh, more with me, it was, uh, I was the prized possession. I was the child on a pedestal. I was the good Christian girl. I went to school. I did all the right things. I was almost in a way like a pseudo spouse Mm. without like the sexual part of it, but like a very emotionally present partner for my dad. Yeah. Which is not the right responsibility for a child. It was very, um, fucked. And it gave me a lot of complexes. Yeah. And I, it really plays into like the perfectionism that I have that I'm trying to. Yeah. Cause you don't realize at that age that you, you don't have an adult perspective. Mm -mm. You, and you're kind of being not, even if it's not like overt, like they're not telling you like, yeah, Mm -hmm. your, your opinion is equal to mine. We have equals. If they're living that way Mm -hmm. and checking with you on things they shouldn't be checking with Mm you on. Oh, I'm the only loyal one in the family. That kind of thing is dangerous and i'm like oh and i was like eight years old and i'm like oh okay can't trust these other bitches all right dad like yeah i'm here yeah and even all the fucked up shit that you do to my mom i'm here you know i'm not gonna abandon you i'm gonna be i'm gonna be here for you like somebody has to be yeah somebody like like when my mom left my dad the first time when we were i was in seventh grade my mom was like are you gonna come with me and i said absolutely not and it broke her heart, which that was like a whole other thing. But I was like, I cannot leave dad alone. And like to look back on that and think like, you know, my mom's abuser, I stood by and I had to choose. Like, am I going to choose my mom who really did need to leave? Or am I going to choose my dad who I was afraid was going to be alone? Yeah. Like, what a weird, what a weird space to be in. And then I'm in middle school which is already fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Middle school is 
can be trash, you know? That's the same. I was in seventh grade with my parents split too. That's I, a hard year. Fucking A. That's a hard year. Yeah. I, I still think of it every February. I'm like, mm. February 26th is the yeah. day my life changed forever. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Never slept in that same. Oh, I mean, I did. I went back and stayed with my dad after after the original breakup, but I never. The life was over. That right. that part of my life was over. Right. Did you feel that? Did that sense of loss? Well, they didn't stay apart very long. Yeah. So I remember my dad asked if he could date. He asked me if he could start dating, and I was like, "No, I don't think I'm ready." And he was like, "Okay, I'm not going to date then." And then by Christmas time, my sister and my mom moved back in for the holidays, so we could be a family for the holidays and confusing it was very fucked and um i felt very i remember asking my dad we like sat down and he was like all right so your mom and your sister are going to move back in and there's going to be no more no more fighting no more i'm not going to hurt your mom anymore and i looked at him and i was like so you promise you're not going to hurt her anymore and he's like i already fucking told you i'm not going to hurt her anymore like oh this is a good sign and then i'm like you know and then i go back into that like okay, just shut up and like walk the motions. Don't ask questions, just be silent and he's going to be okay. And so my whole childhood, it was walking on eggshells and like my mom wanting to stand up for herself and me, please don't, please do not say anything. Just be quiet. Let him like scream and then we can get it over with. And um, so then you know, fast forward to like having a functional marriage and functional relationships with other people. It's like I'm trying to figure out um, my triggers and my shadow work and all that stuff, which is really fucking tough. Do you know your attachment style? I don't know if I I don't know if I know that yet. Look into that. John Bowlby. Yeah. John Bowlby attachment theory of attachment. Yeah. Very, very helpful for understanding. What's yours? I'm securely attached. Yeah. So I'll put a ding in here and explain uh, what the theory is and the different types. Hey fam, Malcolm here to give you a little background on this topic. Attachment theory is a psychological model that explains the nature of emotional attachment between humans. It was first proposed by John Bowlby in the 1950s and further developed by Mary Ainsworth in the 1970s. According to attachment theory, the quality of our early attachments with caregivers has a significant impact on our social and emotional development and relationships throughout our lives. There are four main attachment styles that have been identified, secure, anxious, ambivalent, avoidant, and disorganized. A securely attached individual is able to trust and rely on their caregivers, and as a result, they are able to form close, healthy relationships with others. An anxious, ambivalent individual may have a harder time trusting their caregivers and may be more anxious in their relationships. An avoidant individual may have a harder time getting close to others and may be more distant in their relationships. A disorganized individual may have a mix of attachment behaviors and may struggle with forming and may maintaining healthy relationships. In adults, attachment styles can continue to influence our relationships and how we approach and respond to intimacy. Individuals with a secure attachment style tend to have healthier, more fulfilling relationships, while those with an insecure attachment style may struggle more with trust, communication, and intimacy. It is important to recognize and understand one's attachment style in order to work towards developing a more secure attachment and forming healthier relationships. Basically, infant relationships with a primary caregiver mm-hmm. are foundational and when they're established in a healthy way they persist and it sets a precedent for intimate relationships for the rest of the life of that individual mm-hmm. and john bowlby was a developmental psychologist who figured this out i think it was like in the 60s or 70s but it's 
been very successful in being able to predict healthy relationships in adulthood by looking at childhood relationships with a primary caregiver. Mm -hmm. And so like, there are some people that, um, so like having a close relationship with somebody with attachment problems, it's really beneficial to understand because, yeah. because then you can be compassionate. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. It's really hard. That's it makes you feel one. horrible. That's a tough one. It makes you feel worthless when your partner yeah. doesn't, isn't connected to you. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a tough issue, yeah. but, um, it's good to know about. Yeah, um, that is yeah. good to know about. It's so funny because I feel like my dad and I don't have a relationship now due to him. Not so basically I gave him this hey, we really need to talk about what happened in my childhood so we can move past it. And he was basically like I'm not going to rehash the past. I want to live my life. I'm in a good place now. I'm happy. I'm married and I have a family and you can either basically be in it with me and like we can sweep all this under the rug or I'm not going to be a part of your life. So he has met Jed twice. He's never met Nash. Does he still live at the peninsula? He lives 10 minutes from us. That's what I was, like where you grew up? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I. I'm sorry, Brooke. That's, oh, that's I mean, it's, you know, I told Jacob the other day, um, I miss having a dad but i don't miss having the dad that i had a lot of work like you have to emotionally care for like like uh, the narcissistic person that my dad is and he's never been to a, a therapist so like i'm just diagnosing him and this is all again from like my perspective people need to stop thinking about narcissism as a dirty word it, yeah. Because it's so stigmatized that if you tell somebody, hey, what you just said is narcissistic, right. they they are very offended and they take it to that you're clinically diagnosing them. You're, we all dad can do be, narcissistic my, things. Well, we all have tendencies to do. Yeah. Like we're all That doesn't make you a clinical but, narcissist. It doesn't mean you're not it doesn't mean you're not one, but anyway. Go my ahead. dad is pretty textbook. Um and it's and it's hard to I mean, it all makes sense why my dad doesn't want to talk about anything real that happened he doesn't want to own up to anything because he cannot admit that he's wrong what was his life like prior to it you was so hard he had a t he had a really again from his perspective right so like his mom probably has a different perspective and his dad died when he was 24 and um he had a really like they were poor his mom was a bartender and it really bugged him they got divorced when he was 12 which is funny. Yeah. You know, that middle school. Patterns age. do repeat. They do. Including narcissism. Like yeah. Narcissistic relationships, codependent yeah. relationships. And that is something, you know, I, a lot of my work before I even started going to therapy, the year when I knew that we were going to try to have Nash, I was like, I really got to dive into this shit. And codependency, being a victim, you know, all of that stuff, narcissistic traits that I have, I have to start working on me and like, being able to look in the fucking mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I it's mean, critical. it's healthy to do. It's it's And critical. it's good to struggle. Like, yeah. we should struggle through our own shit. And I can't blame my dad forever. Yeah. I can't blame my mom forever. Like, eventually, I got to be like, yeah, I grew up how I grew up. And now I got to move on. And so did and they. And live. So did they. That, that's yeah. the thing is like you, at a certain point in adulthood, you start to realize like, I'm not that much younger than my parents anymore. No. <laughs> Isn't that a trip? Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if generations are separated by around 20 years, 
by the time I'm 40, it's like, it's not that, not that much different, really. Right. Like, I remember well when my parents were the age that I am now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm so much cooler than them. Like, just world <laughs> You got cooler. AI. You got AI. Well, it's not just the AI. Just it's kidding. my style. It's my taste. It's just pretty much everything you about You have a podcast. Me. Yeah, just so yeah. much cooler. But yeah. mm-hmm. no, but they they felt old to me <laughs> when well, it, yeah. when they were thirty four. I was right. like, oh, these old fucks. They don't know what's yeah. cool. Um, but they st- at that point, I was starting the the sheen was starting to disintegrate. My life was not great. But the uh, I remember a time when my mom was the most beautiful woman in the world. Her cooking was the best. She just my parents were the shit. My dad was the strongest yeah. man. Mm-hmm. He could you know, kick anybody's ass and kick anybody's ass and <laughs> all of his answers were correct. Blow out he, this mic again. he knew everything. <laughs> and eventually you just start to realize like, no, that, then that, all the humanness starts creeping yeah, in. Yeah. Those impressions that you have are there for your benefit. Right. They're there so you can feel safe and, and grow as a, as a tiny seed of a human yeah. into, into somebody who's capable of withstanding the threats and, and the, the real hardships of the world. Mm. So those things are necessary, but as they disappear, you have to replace them with something new. You can't just start to think of your parents as less than you or or like somehow they failed yeah. you because that's just bad for you. We're just continuations. We're just continuations. Right. Just like our kids are continuations of us. And overall, we're all just one big thing. I spent many years being like, woe is me. My me parents too. fucking suck. And then I remember somebody really close to me saying, I think I was probably like, my early 20s like well they are humans they your didn't parents know. are humans they were doing I'm their like, best oh, fuck yeah they are yeah. <laughs> i mean my parents didn't try to like they didn't you know try to give me this terrible childhood it wasn't terrible but in this moment it's hard for me to remember the good because i haven't sorted through the shit do you have long gaps where you don't remember shit yeah I don't like I don't remember full years yeah. of my life. Yeah. And I and I try really like sometimes I sit in my bed and I'm like, okay, just think of something happy. Like think of something good about your dad and that you guys had together and I can't fucking do it. And you're protecting yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. your psyche is like, no, that's a dangerous territory. I'm not gonna yeah. go in there. And the other day I was cleaning out our office and I stumbled upon this picture of my dad and I, and I was probably like four or five. And I was like on his back and we were both smiling and it was such a happy picture. I'm like, and it kind of gave me like, oh, wow. I haven't even thought about smiling with my dad in fucking years. Right. So then I kind of, and I didn't spiral. I didn't have anxiety or anything like that. I was just kind of like, huh, okay. And then I had this packet of school pictures of Jetty and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send one in the mail to my dad and I haven't spoken to my dad in a long time and so I just you know Jedediah Nesbitt five years old in kindergarten and like some adjectives about her and then sent it in the mail and I haven't heard from him and I was like a month and a half or so ago but I didn't and then I like told my therapist well, that's what I did like weeks after I did it and she was like why did you do that I'm like I don't know I just kind of felt like he should know what she looks like he hasn't seen Jedi since she was like one and a half i guarantee you he has i bet you he looks at your pictures on facebook and instagram i bet he does i hope he does i don't think he does i don't think he does i think he would rather uh ignore hard stuff 
and focus on the life that he loves, that he knows he likes. He cannot do hard emotional things. That's sad. It's, and, it's, and that's where it's like, okay, where can I fit in grace and compassion at the same time of like, what the, like we were talking about earlier, Jacob being such a great dad. And it's in front of my face all the time, you know? And then it's like, I have this fucking bum dad that I've gleaned really good, like my worth, my work ethic and wanting to be an entrepreneur and all, all that kind of stuff. It comes from him, but I just don't understand the blockage, but it's not for me to understand. Yeah. It's <laughs> so I got to give that up, right? Because yep, you can't control it. And I don't want to. I don't want to like change him for me because that's not real. I want him to live his life, and eventually if he's like, you know what, you know, I'm sorry. That's all I want is a sorry. I, I don't want anything yeah. else but like a, hey, I'm fucking owning it. Yeah. I did really terrible shit to your mom. I made your life really complicated on the verge of abuse, and I'm really sorry about that. And I'd be so happy to move on. I'd be so happy. Because that, that acknowledges that you're not crazy. Crazy. That your, your experience was legitimate. Me. Like, um, for instance, I invited him to our wedding, obviously. He's my father. And this is after like a year or so of not talking to him. And he basically called me and said, hey, I'm like in my PJs by four o'clock on a Sunday. So I don't think I'm really going to be able to make it. And um, the reality is, and this is my own thought process, is that my mom's family was going to be there. Therefore, he's a coward and he does not want to show up if my mom's going to be there and her family's going to be there. Who flew 3,000 miles to be at our reception that turned out to be our wedding. And um, I was just like, all right, that sucks, but okay. And then we hung up and then fast forward about three years, he brought it up again. He's like, by the way, like, I don't know why you're mad about the wedding situation. You told me not to come. Because your mom was going to be there and you were stressed out. So I was doing you a favor. Like you're gaslighting me. That absolutely did not happen. And you cannot say that to me. That is not real. And then it like spiraled from there and he got all mad and da da da. Oh my God. <laughs> the thought of having that conversation makes me He's such feel like ill. I don't like talking to people in that way when they're just trying to bulldoze you and mm -hmm. into thinking uh, it it almost sounds like he, in that situation he may have prepped himself with self delusion yes and that is something that is a trait of a narcissist that they don't seem to even know that they're doing it's hard to like be mad i mean it's easy to be mad but it's hard to be mad when he's like a text like he's he's ill that's right? the thing is like it's being mad is not even helpful because it just, just hurts me yeah <laughs> it's like, what, what you want is like i wish i just had proof so i could show you that you're full of shit and then we'd all be good but that's not really how it works they don't actually want that right they don't actually want to know the truth they just right. want to know what's easy that's why um he would rather not be in my life and face the music um and he'd rather be content in his own little world he finally, he told me he finally has the son he's always wanted because he married somebody who had. Ugh, what a shitty thing to say to your fucking daughter. And he probably doesn't even remember the conversation. Yeah. Right? That's irritating. And uh, so I'm like, I want to work through that stuff so I can, <laughs> yeah. you know, be healthier. You have to. How's it going? <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. No, it actually is really fine. Um, 
it's I'm very resistant. I want to be in it and I want to be vulnerable. But right now, like I haven't even cried in therapy yet. Yeah. And I've been in it for a few months now because I just I know once I start, it's going to be like the whole once the gates open. I have never cried in therapy. Not once in my life. Interesting. Yeah. I've never even thought of it. Actually, that's interesting. Uh, that's It is interesting. I and I I don't feel emotional in therapy whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's completely performance based. Mm-hmm. It's all like, um, yeah, trying to get the information out, and right. and if I'm letting emotions out with it, it's very convoluted. Yeah, like I don't really have those conversations with anybody, but Melissa and my mom, mm-hmm. and like my siblings. Yeah, yeah, at all. Do you have people in your life who you talk to? deeply like that where you are free to cry and and really be just a mess do you have people like that that you talk to i do and (laughs) the older i get the less i want to be emotional like that it's exhausting it is and it's like i don't have time for the shit like i have tiny humans who need me you know well that's why you're trying to deal with it and that's why i'm trying to deal with it you got to get it just get it over with and like almost more importantly like my marriage yeah like i want to be functional in my marriage and be able to have hard conversations without clamming up and like wanting to run away. Yeah. You know, it's like we need to like have discussions so we can get on the same page and move forward. But when a male is talking to me and I did some, like criticism is really hard for me mm-hmm. because my dad was very much um, my biggest critique, but also my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. It was very. That's how it works the best. It's, I mean, that's how you get the, the person but it on was, your side. But it was like very um, conditional. I ha- yeah, I had to do the right things. Like he was so proud that I went to church. He was so proud. He was so proud that I went to a four year. But like, because both those things are fucking boring and hard to do. <laughs> they're hard to do, <laughs> and it's like, but it, but he would tell everybody. But would he check in with me? Did he give a fuck about my emotions and my feelings and where I was at in my life? No. So you were his accomplishment. I was, yeah. Not his emotional ward, like his responsibility, his his no. object of care. No. You were a plaque on the wall. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I I mean, and not he might completely. think it. He might think it's completely different. He might think he was. I don't know what he thinks. I well, don't get, I mean, it's not for me to know anything. No, and but. it completely depends on frame of reference. Maybe right. he had even less. Like, that's the thing I deal with. My dad's life was so much worse than mine mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel fair for me to be like, well, you should have loved me more and maybe hugged me every once in a while and, you know, not called me a faggot all the time. Um, but who am I to say, you know? His dad shot his cat in the face right in front of him. What the fuck? That's sociopathic. Like I almost feel like I don't I watch a lot of Judge Judy, so I don't even know like if he can come after me for like telling my story. I, don't uh, know. Yeah. I always worry a little bit about, you know, what I post and stuff because I don't want my dad to I don't know. When me and Melissa got together, her ex weird. wrote on the internet that I killed a dog. Um which I did. I know. And um, it's, I'm going to cry right now talking about it. I know, I was fucked, it. yeah. I'm um, sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, it was a dumb thing for me to do. I should have just taken the dog to have her put down, like, by a professional. But I loved her, and I didn't want yeah. somebody to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> he wrote about it on the, on the internet. It was terrible. And um, 
Yeah. He didn't even know the reason I killed the fucking dog is because he bit your kid in the face. Right. Like <laughs> That was an absolutely nightmare of a situation. <laughs> it was horrible. That was a nightmare. It was horrible. Um, but I don't even remember what She's my point was. But yeah. Yep. Yep. With, with Daisy. Yeah. The, the dog graveyard and yeah, Callie and, and, and yep. Kata. All the dogs buried out there. Yeah. That's totally overgrown now. I drove by there It's crazy how different ago. it looks. It, it looks completely different. It makes me sad a little bit. Me too. I had a lot of really good memories. There. Me too. But yeah. Yeah, I, I've i missed having a, a central place for Nesbitt um, connection on yeah. this end of the peninsula. Yeah. I'm not going to Surfside very often. It's it's not a place where I can just stop in for a quick visit. Even if I am in Surfside, right. I'm rarely able to stop because it's it's so far away that I have, I, like, I got shit to do. I got to get back. I can't be... I just don't. I don't get out there enough. There's not enough time. I feel bad about it. But also, they're so boring Um, just to sit there. I don't know. Your grandpa has some good fucking stories. No, I know. I'm just being I'm just being funny. (laughs) I hope I hope they hear this. But I actually think that every time, every time I talk to my grandpa, I'm like, oh, yeah, I I always forget how like intelligent and interesting you are. Yeah, he's very with it. And he's actually quite informed. He knows like what's going on in the world. One time we talked about like uh, kind of more esoteric stuff like he was telling me about dreams he had that ended up coming true and all kinds of wow. cool shit i love talking about that stuff yeah you ever had a prophetic dream yeah what, what i've was actually it? i've seen uh well i've predicted some pregnancies really dreams yeah that seems yeah. like something that would come in a dream yeah it would and then i would i text them and i say hey i don't this might be invasive but i saw you like i predicted genders of babies in dreams and um, actually, Paul and Alyssa, shout out Paul and Alyssa. I saw them at, whose wedding were we at? Oh, Alex and Alex, duh. And I saw them, and I had a dream of Alyssa. And I went up to her, and I'm like, are you guys going to try for a, for a third baby? And she's like, I don't know why. And I was like, because you're going to have a third baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, and I just want you to buckle up because it's going to happen. And they ended up having yeah, they did. their baby. And wow. she's like, well, that's funny because I don't know, like, you know how it goes. They're pretty good at making babies. Their kids are They're cute. They're so fucking cute. They're really cool kids. They all I look love that very family. much alike. Yeah. It's very adorable. Love uh, you guys. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I just, I read a thing the other day about people with those kinds of uh, abilities. Clairvoyance, uh, telekinetic abilities, mm-hmm. and all of the, like, more, I don't want to call it pseudoscientific, but less scientific because it's not really studyable i don't know right i mean oh i don't need to go disclaimers the the woo woo stuff that that is really rare but every once in a while seems almost legit Mm -hmm. it is legit and Mm -hmm. it's just extremely rare Mm -hmm. but there are people in the population who have these uh abilities and so it is it is a natural human ability Mm -hmm. that is just stronger in some than others and then it's it's trainable I was going to say, I think intuition is very much, I mean, you just got to exercise it. Yeah. If you want to use it, you can. I think just like anything else, a lot like I shouldn't say a lot, but some people who believe in Christ, it's like a very like you don't you don't go there. Like you don't fuck with your intuition unless maybe you're reading the Bible. But even then, like very um, like evangelical. You don't open yourself up to alternative. But it's interesting because a lot of. I know a lot of Catholics who are very like we interpret everything. Like oh, the signs, the, the like the uh, the Mother Mary mm-hmm. sent me a sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like you know the traditional Christian, you just don't. 
I don't know if I would even call that traditional. That's like the the evangelical, like yeah. um, Baptist. You just you just like read the words off the page, and then it is what it is. That is the like saddest, which most... makes God so boring. <laughs> it makes God sad, is what it does. It's like God is so that much is not bigger who than God that. is. Yeah, that is not so who much God bigger is. than all of that. Dogma is that's what that is. It's just dogma. People who need a system of rules to make them feel okay. That's what that is. It's not true. It's not real. It is so absolutely oversimplified of what is real. And anybody who's taken the slightest bit of psychedelics <laughs> will understand <laughs> if that. If you will, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anybody who's had the time to investigate and kind of dig deeper into their own mind and into, yeah. into the collective consciousness, you'll see like, oh, shit, there's so much more. I've never done psychedelics. Not any kinds? No. Do you want to? I mean, I'm so nervous. I'm not offering. I'm just asking if you are you interested. You can offer, Jeffrey, off, offline. I don't have them on me, but I could find <laughs> we'll you. Go some. downstairs. Um, no, but I'm just a little nervous to like go there. Yeah. It scares me. And I think if I have that mentality, I'm going to be fucked. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes uh, what's required for you to get past that initial fear is struggle. And that right. is something Which you is good. you may face, yeah. and a lot of people do. And I think that what that comes from is so that that fear is is arising from your ego, mm -hmm. your ego, your ego. The modus operandi of that ego is to maintain control, to to know what's going to happen, to be able to predict the mm -hmm. next event, and be able to anticipate the needs to maintain control. Ooh, that's me. That's everybody. Yeah. That's the ego. That is the ego. That's it's a it's almost like a nameless, faceless entity that that incorporated is incorporated within us yeah <clears throat> but it's not who you are it's not the big s self the self is deeper than that it permeates all through space and time you are endless and timeless yeah. and that is the who you really are and you will remember that as soon as you're able to kill that fucking ego and that process is terrifying yeah. And there's no getting around it. It yeah. is terrifying. I did it at a young age and it changed me forever. So how is it? I'm guessing like teen years. I was 17. Versus now, I'm assuming that. If I was to do psychedelics now, I am fully aware of what uh, I could expect. My ego, while my ego still is just like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Once they kick in, that goes away. And you realize like, oh, shit, that ego's a little bitch. <laughs> I don't need him at it's all. tripping. I don't need him at all. Yeah. He's just holding me back. Hmm. All, all the ego is there oh, to that do. That sounds beautiful. All the ego's there to do yeah. is just hold you back. It, it's to restrict your, your view of what we are and how special we are and what, right. our, what our place here in the universe really is. Right. And it is so much deeper than people realize. And you can see it. It's available. You just have to look behind the veil and getting through the veil is, it can be scary. Hard. Yeah. But uh, that fear is what makes a trip bad. It's that fear of the unknown and that inability to relinquish control. Once you're able to accept that and just welcome it and love it. Even, and like, I don't mean love it like enjoy it. I mean love it as in send love mm -hmm. to it, to your experience, to yourself. Be with it. Be present. <clears throat> All the woo-woo cliche shit that people say about it, it's true. Yeah. You feel endless pools of love 
just fill your body. You start to realize how beautiful it is, like how beautiful everything is. And, mm -hmm. and the system that we are just so intricately tied to and within is, is the ultimate balancing act. It's, it's just a top that spins in an infinite number of directions at mm -hmm. all times. And we are part of it. It's within us and all around us. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. really, really is. And you see that. You see the math of it. You see the rhythm of life. This is the rhythm of the night. <laughs> and it's really fun. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, it's not, it's not something that I think is crucial. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are proponents for I, the experience who are like, everybody should do it. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I think that there are people who are meant to be seers. Right. Thinkers, doers, right. and people who are meant to and wired to live in certain realms and others that aren't. Somebody offered to take me to an ay ayahuasca I haven't done that ceremony. one. And they were describing it to me. And I said, absolutely not. I will not be throwing up. It sounds very sweaty. I don't know. And like barfing for like the first hour of it. Yeah. Like that will trigger me and I will spiral. <laughs> no, thank you. I bet it but would. But if I could get past that, you know, but. Yeah. You never had a, a, a stint as, the, an, as an opiate addict, huh? I have not. That really thankfully. changes the way you look at throwing up. Um, <laughs> Do God, tell. I don't know how much I want to get into it, but there was, we can time, cut it out. There was a time when um, everybody that I was really spending a lot of time with was um, pretty into opiates. Like yeah. that was that that was the that was cool the thing. thing. Yeah. And it was what just a because slippery. a lot of people so. in pain. It was just a lot and, and yeah. emotional pain and physical yeah. pain. And the people who were in physical pain would get the prescriptions and then they would share them with people who were in emotional pain. Sure. And then it just became this network of, of people trying to stay ahead of their pain. And it became just like life. That was just normal. A lot of the people I knew, it was a daily thing that yeah. like they got to go out and find drugs. So it was a job. God damn, what a horrible life. Yeah. Um, I somehow managed to stay out of that. I, I was really lucky in that I always had something going for me. Like I always had a job I care a lot about or a girlfriend that I really didn't want to find out that I was a drug addict or uh, in my education, my rowing career. I yeah. worked with kids. Like I always had something. I was desperately afraid that I was going to be found out. Mm. And God, how scary. <laughs> I never wanted to be a fucking junkie. Right. I, that's not who I am. Right. I just was sad. <laughs> like I was hurting and I wanted to try to make it feel better. Mm -hmm. And that I found that that worked. When I first found opiates, I was like, holy shit, my life is going to change for the better. From today on out, I finally have a tool that I can use to feel okay. Yeah. And it was the first time I, that it had ever happened. <laughs> and it was... I, it literally felt amazing. Like mm -hmm. it was the first time I felt like a normal person. Wow. Um, I didn't realize how damaging that would be. Mm -hmm. And eventually it it just became unsustainable after a few years of that, of realizing like, I can't limp this, this addiction along anymore. It's going to, no. it's going to become untenable at some point. Cause I did, I was still physically very healthy. Right. I was, I was using it in a healthy way. Um, physically but not emotionally i was lying to people i was having to take extra care to make my life uh, a double life to yeah. just to just to be able to facilitate my feeling okay and when i when i realized like shit this is 
I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, I just want to be honest. I just want to live out loud and just like be who I am and not have to. And I, and honestly, I really didn't want to have to need uh, to get high all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I started realizing people are just randomly vomiting all the time. <laughs> They're just randomly falling asleep. It's like, we're not talking about how we're all high all the time, but everyone's high all the time. Wow. Why are you sleeping right now? Why is he throwing up and laughing? Like, oh, my point, I think how I got started on this whole thing was that like, context right. changes so much. Like, I mean, you're spending so much energy, money, time, attention onto obtaining this chemical to put it in your body to make you feel a certain way. And one of the ways that it makes you feel is sick as fuck. And so you, yeah. you puke a lot and you're not eating good, but you don't care because when you're puking, you're also, you have, you're filled with chemicals, the reward chemicals. Like you're just flooded with that, with that reward that you've been seeking. So you make that association. And to this day, I don't mind a good puke for that reason. I was like, I got so used to it, the occasional vomit. I was just like, you know, I'll just roll with it. Yeah. I don't care. I'll get right back at it. Yeah. I'm going to puke and then I'm going to continue. Puke and rally. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that's just a, but you had the opposite experience. You had all these experiences where you were puking and you were miserable and you were mm -hmm. sick and you didn't feel good mm -hmm. and you still don't like puking. Maybe I should do ayahuasca so it, I have a new experience with vomiting. There's, it's a brave new world. You have a lot of options nowadays. <laughs> Just kidding. That still sounds fucking terrible. I don't. I don't think it sounds good either. I, I. I like the sound of the emotional growth that seems to happen really quickly, and I also like the idea of uh, communicating with dimensional entities. That's cool. Right. But also, demons. That's scary. Yeah, you're opening. I believe in that. Some doors. I yeah. really do think that that is I exactly what you're doing. Yeah. With anything. Especially though, things that. I've talked to them. I've seen them. I've been there. I know yeah. that they're real. So it's it's not even, it's not abstract to me. It's just like, they're real. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you yeah. believe in ghosts? Yeah. In in this realm? Um, Like spirits? Like, do you think they pop in on us and interact with our physical reality? Yeah. I don't think it's off the table. I, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of... I've had an experience like that. That's not just like an intuition. Like I'm walking past somebody and I like, I can feel exactly what they're thinking and exactly what they're saying, or I can feel that they're pregnant or like, but like ghosts, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been into the Shelburne. Shout out Shelburne. Uh, uh, do you think wood has memory? Wood has memory. When you are like, in the like Shelburne, how, like how? If you put your hand on a banister, yeah, like on a, a staircase that's yeah. two hundred years old, yeah, does it feel the same to you as a banister that was made last year? No, no. Why is that? I don't know. It's because the wood has memory. Yeah. It remembers all those people's hands. Huh. I really believe that. Huh. I really do think that. I've never thought of that before. Water has memory. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. Wood. I don't know. Wood just seems alive. Yeah. It's got. It's got a vibration and then i'm like am i just thinking that because i know this is old as fuck maybe i don't know that contributes to it for sure <laughs> you know. are constructing your reality in real time right. so yes that would affect right. it there is no teasing that apart you can't do it because without all of this without all of the current inputs it doesn't exist right 
There is nothing else except for what is. I do love the mystery of it all of like it's great. Is there spirits? Like who is in the room with us right now? You yeah. Know? You know who's in the room with us right now? Every radio station. <laughs> all of them. All of them. They're playing around us right now. We yeah. just can't hear it because right. we're not tuned into it. Right. So if there if that's possible, how unlikely is it really that our brains aren't just receivers? Mm-hmm. Our bodies are aren't just receivers for a signal like I get the Jeff signal, you get the Brooke signal because you're tuned into Brooke. I'm tuned into Jeff. Mm-hmm. If I was tuned into Brooke, which to do that, you'd have to put me in a Brooke body and give me Brooke experiences. Mm-hmm. That would tune in my frequency to, to pick up that signal. And then that's the consciousness that drops into that body. Mm-hmm. That's what I think happens. That's how I think we work. I think that our brains are receivers and projectors. I know you've talked about like you and Melissa you know, you just sit next to each other and you can just, you know, where each other's thinking. Yeah. You know, and Jacob and I are like that too. I mean, maybe that's kind of like what you're talking about where. Uh, yeah, I do think that. I think that. Yeah. So I think when people are very similar or very closely connected uh, emotionally or spiritually, I think that their frequencies are very close together. Mm-hmm. So they re- they're resonating at a really close frequency or even the same. They're like twin flames. There could be yeah. something to that. And soulmates. And that's why you you just like have this ungodly connection that you can't understand or explain, but you know it's real. Yeah. You're you're just buzzing. You're mm-hmm. buzzing on the same frequency. You light each other up like tuning forks. Mm-hmm. Like if you ding that thing and hold it next to a tuning fork, that other one will ring. That's why it hurts so bad when you're not on the same wavelength. Yes. Like, oh my God. Like it's not even like a like a crazy argument. It's just like you're not you're not vibing with each other. It's just like, oh my God. It can just be like you you try to make eye contact and you look away. You looked at me wrong, yeah. Yes, and it's just like, ow, my heart. <laughs> try that again, yeah, yeah. look at me. <laughs> it, it's really, uh, it's pronounced. Yeah. That's why, it, like you said, that's why it hurts so bad when it doesn't work and when you want it to so bad mm-hmm. and it just, it's not working. And it's just mm-hmm. like, we gotta figure this out or or figure out something else. We just gotta figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, being a human is, it's a trip. It's a trip. It's a trip. It never gets less exciting. It just yeah. like there's time always time just goes m- faster. Yeah, there's yeah. always more. That's cool. I was trying to explain time to Jed. You know, because she's five and everything's just so long and Christmas breaks and all this stuff and you just I just say you just wait till you're thirty, honey. Yeah, it's gonna be so. It's like it's like I can't even explain it to you. You're just not gonna get it. No. Be in the moment. <laughs> the sense of acceleration when you hit like 20, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's like you hit warp speed and then all of a sudden years just slip yeah. by. It's, yeah. yeah. I used to think about going back to school pretty regularly. I don't like really for your masters? anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that's so I have like a calendar in my mind of like, okay, so it's December. So if I'm going to apply for somewhere in the fall, I need to start looking now right. and get my financial aid stuff in order and like doing well, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like terrible. for a couple of years, I would make myself, I give myself an ultimatum. Like if you're not, if you haven't decided what school you're going to apply to by this time and this time, you're just going to apply here and here, like do that yeah. shit. So I'm, I'm noticing when the time's passing and I'm, and I realize after like five years of this, of doing this, I'm just like, I don't want to go back to school. Like, why do I, yeah. why am I doing this? Yeah. And the, the years just kept coming faster and faster. And now the, the amount of time it feels like between december and september mm-hmm. not long Mm-mm. i can like not long at all i remember when i first got braces thinking like oh this is gonna feel like forever 
That didn't. It was over really quick. Now I've had braces off as long as I had them on and I'm and I'm on the other side of it. And I, I put that off for 15 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, time just just goes. I know. We've been out of school longer. We were in school. Yeah, it's by crazy. far. It's like, what the hell? How what did year did happen? you graduate? 11. 11. Yeah. God, you used to seem so much younger than me. Yeah. Now you don't. I know. <laughs> it's a trip how that happens. I know. It really is. I know. I remember uh, being in high school and I think you graduated by the time I was a freshman. Yeah, you yeah. had to because Jacob was Yeah, I graduated a senior. in 07. Yeah. And um, I remember like Scott and Ryan Garcia and all, you know. Jacob, I don't remember Jacob. He gets pissed off every time I say that. He was there. And I'm like, I don't know. Or I even yeah. misspelled his last name, our last name, and the golden eye. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was interviewing Scott. What's your, you know, greatest high school memory? He said when he threw a touchdown pass to Jake Nesbitt. Oh yeah, I remember. But I that. was so like Scott, you know, and I was like, Scott was this a, Jake guy. He was an honorary Nesbitt. We yeah. let we let him take take our name. Uh, we Maybe were that's why I liked like him. extremely drunk one night and he was talking about how shitty his childhood was. And we're like, yeah. well, you'd be one of our brothers. You just be a third, be the third Nesbitt brother. I love Scott. I hope he's doing okay. It's been a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I Scott, hope so I hope you're okay, buddy. Come on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me of your travels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brooke. Well, yeah. it's been two hours and it's your kid's birthday. So I think it is today, right? It was yesterday. But yesterday. Okay. Well, the same thing. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Two hours has gone by very quickly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No. That was great. Thank you for sharing. This has been a. I know. I don't know one. if I shared too much or. I don't think so. I don't I, know. I don't I, know what's going on. I talked about fentanyl for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blow out your speaker again. Uh, your mic. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it That's, was fun. You know, thanks for being open. I have to. Like, I. It is your job. It is. Yeah. As a podcaster, it's yeah. like my responsibility. If a I'm if I'm job. full of shit, what the fuck am I even doing? I have no idea. Like, there's a lot of people who are full of shit and talking mm -hmm. on a big platform. And That's why I like Joe Rogan. And too. I know a lot of people don't. I don't really care. I don't either. Because you probably actually haven't watched a full episode. Exactly. So. Oh my God. Sorry. Like, I know we're done, but like one more thing I did watch. Um, I figured out who David, um, Goggins. Yes. Yeah, Goggins. Oh my God. It's like a new inspiration for me. Like yeah. stay hard. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Get it. Anyway. Go down the Goggins rabbit hole. Yeah, That's a good one. Like you should read his book. He's wrote a really good book. Did you read it? I thought yeah. it just came out. No, that's his new book. He, oh, okay. he wrote a book, uh, several years ago called can't hurt me. It's about like yeah. his experience of being like, 300 pounds and having no job. No, he was working at uh, Terminix or like he was killing roaches. Okay. And then he decided, nah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to become a Navy SEAL. Right. So he lost, you know, 200 pounds mm -hmm. and well, no, not then he would be 100 pounds. Yeah, but, but I got you. He got into a healthy weight and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, went to Bud's and became a ranger and a SEAL and then an uh, endurance athlete. Now he's like got destroyed knees and he still runs 200 mile races he's and shit he's, he's impressive it he's makes impressive. me want to uh just struggle yeah it's like, i just want to struggle that's what his, his do whole good thing shit is. do yeah. hard shit you know yeah yeah struggle is good for you we have to we have to do it it's it's kind of what makes you hard i mean you gotta stay hard gotta stay hard and you need resistance yeah. for that something to push up against yeah like a good bedpost for a 14 year old boy all right. Bro. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you, everybody, yeah. for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link. And it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye. Can't nobody take me here.